Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. For over 50 years. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. And you put Owen Hart's picture right there on a the deer's ass because that's exactly where it belongs. I used to have a female dog, and that bitch did everything I told her to do. Now, damn it, get out! Oh, that's get out! Give me a fucking mic! Here is a man that has not only turned it around 180 degrees... Are you a god? Peace and love, peace and love. A happy 87th birthday today to Barry McCockiner. We're not planning a hit. Welcome to the big time, because we're already here, and we ain't going nowhere. Do you dig what I'm saying? Sorry, did I break your concentration? Tonight, AJ will attempt once again to entertain you, to enthrall you with his word wizardry and charming good looks. Tonight will be a celebration of 150 episodes of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. How did it last this long? What the hell makes you guys even listen to this crap? Did I leave the iron on? Jeez, if I left the iron on again, stuff's gonna kill me. We almost burned the house. That's besides the point. Tonight, AJ will attempt to make you laugh. Make you cry. If you achieve orgasm, that's well. But tonight, we celebrate the 150th episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. And who knows? Bobby may shut us down before we even get to 200. So, this may be it. So let's do this shit. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, your jazz soul brother from another mother, this is your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am AJ Orsini, and I am excited as hell to be celebrating 150 with you fucks out there how you guys doing i see you here and you guys are already in the chat i'm ready have two hours of just this you guys are already in the chat blowing the whole thing up i cannot even begin to explain my gratitude to every single one of you guys out there listening to me who've been listening to the show who's heard previous episodes who's been on the live shows with me i'm getting so excited i'm hitting my table and shit's falling over I want to take this time to thank all of you 
literally from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for tuning into the show tonight and tuning in every time that you tune in. Thank you guys. 150 episodes. I honestly did not think I'd be doing this shit this long, but here's a cheers to the whole deal. Uh, he had sound the whole time. There you go. See, uh, I'm attributing uh, here. Mm. I'm going to let you guys take a wager as to what's in this cup and uh, win or get a prize at the end, I guess. <laughs> You'll never get to get it, so I feel confident that uh, no one's walking away with a prize this time around. Uh, I'm recording this. We're live on Facebook. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to you. We're live on Facebook, so that's my video aspect. And, of course, I am recording the audio as well for Pop being released later on tonight. So in case there's anybody out there who may have missed the live feed, um, the usual download will be available uh, starting as soon as this shit is over with. And I'm able to prop it up to the website, everything, and it should you know, do its thing. Uh, all of you guys, Claiborne, Stephen, Saul, uh, Sophia, Nancy, everybody that's in the chat right now that's blowing this whole thing up, Michael, Brandon, uh, thank all of you guys so much for the support. Thank you guys for being with me this entire run. Some of you have been with me since literally day one, since pre-podcast days, and you've just been so supportive of me uh, during this whole run. So thank you guys. I cannot... I cannot thank you enough. I could spend the whole two hours thinking as many people as possible and it wouldn't be enough time. So thank you guys. Steven, uh, St Marlon says lean. Man, I wish I had the ingredients for that shit. That would make a very interesting two-hour show, Marlon. I would just start shooting on motherfuckers if I had that shit in my cup. Uh, AJ, are you also on YouTube? I am. Or see, uh, I think it's under my, my name, AJ Orsini96. I believe, is the YouTube channel, but it has all the Orsini's Uncensored Mind stuff on there. And thank you for the opportunity for me to segue into that, by the way, because I was going to get all the bills paid uh, in a few minutes, but I'll go ahead and do that now. Stephen James actually corrected me on my own shit. That's how good and professional he is. It is AJ Orsini 96 host. He is correct. AJ Orsini 96 host is the, you know, youtube.com backslash, and then there's that. That'll take you to the YouTube channel. Uh, I got all the stuff, though, the Twitter, the Instagram. I got a fucking WordPress for zero reason just to have my shit on there. I got a whole bunch of shit. Google me, and it'll all come up. I'm, I, I, in the beginning, if you listen to the earlier episodes, I used to spend 10 to 15 minutes on this shit just killing all this shit and all the different places you can catch the show. Uh, I, I'm at 150 episodes. I'm on the clock. Google me, motherfuckers, and it'll all come up. Spotify, our heart radio, all that stuff. Uh, I usually leave the email open for questions, comments, and anything you want to talk about on the show. But I'm live, and you're obviously here. You're in the chat room. You're doing your thing. As you can see, there's a phone number here on the bottom left corner of the screen. 917-397-6101 uh, should be the number there uh, for phone calls. And, of course, as per usual, I pull up all kinds of programs and do all kinds of shit. But I did not pull up my damn phone app thingamabob. So give me that. No limitation on questions. Marlon, there is never a limitation on questions which is dangerous to probably tell you because you're probably going to have me say some shit I shouldn't be saying on my show, but I've got some stuff in my cup that says that's going to be all right. Go ahead and do you. Do you, boo-boo, do you. So here we go. All right, I've got the thingamabob up now, so we should be good to go. It'll alert me. I got tired of playing the game of trying to hide sounds from you guys, so if I'm in the middle of speaking or if you're in the middle of typing, uh, you, you might hear some noise, and that'll be the phone call coming in. 
Uh, for those of you who are interested in the phone number, give me just one second before you start calling in. Let me get this ball rolling before we get going with that, uh, just so I can set some precedent about what we're going to do here tonight. So I had a million ideas. <laughs> I had a million ideas of th different things that I wanted to do with you guys tonight and, and discuss with you here tonight. There was a lot of different things rolling around in my head as to what we should be doing, what I should be talking about. Uh, should it just be wrestling? Should it be all-encompassing? Should I be talking about previous episodes of the show? I, I, there were a lot of things being thrown around, but the gist uh, the, of what we're going to do here tonight um, is I'm going to keep it to what everyone always tells me is the best part of the show. And someone's not listening to the directions. I said to give me a minute. I think that's 302, so that's got to be Marlon. All right, so give me one. I'll get back into this, Marlon. Let's, let's go ahead and... Uh, get into this here call from to accept press oh, one call to send from, a voice okay. i don't know i've sent the colored voicemail goodbye oh <laughs> i hit the wrong button <laughs> i hit the wrong button marlin call back yeah i know marlin you just called i went to push the button to accept the call but i hit, i have a touchscreen laptop and i hit the wrong button call back bro Call back. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. That was, that's on me. We're going swimmingly right now. Okay, here's here's another number. So someone else is calling in right now. Call from. Saul Sultan. Oh, Saul, Saul's always to accept, first. press 1 to send a voicemail. I hit the wrong button. Marlon, call back. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yeah, Congratulations, so. Congratulations, AJ, on your 150th episode, oh. sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, so I apologize to Marlon. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial Marlon back as soon as I'm done with you. Uh, I went mm -hmm. to hit the button to accept, and I hit the wrong button, and it sent his ass the voicemail. So this I hear not starting off you. appropriate, but it's definitely an Orsini's uncensored mind episode when that happens. Thank you I so much, Saul, for the support, man. Thank you. The call, like in line. <laughs> so how's everything going? Uh, I I can't believe the 150th episode. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't think I would get this far, man. I really didn't. But I'm glad that I'm here. I'm having a good time doing it. And I'm glad I got guys like uh, you supporting the show. I appreciate it. Uh, I do have some wrestling questions, if that's okay. Let me get like like one or two. And then I got I got a lot of things that I got to rattle through for the remainder of the show. So go ahead, Saul. Sure, sure no problem. What are your thoughts right now about the ratings that have been going on between NXT and AEW so far? People are saying the AEW is winning in the ratings, but it's way too early for that, to be honest with you. I'm sorry, say again, the, 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 the ratings is too soon for, to be worried about the ratings? Yeah, because a lot of people have been talking and saying, oh, AEW Dynamite's better than NXT, you know? And I've seen both shows, and to be honest with you, they're... At the same level right now, you know, to be honest with you, that one. Uh, between AEW and NXT? Yes. They're neck and neck, but it's the same audience watching the same show. The, the fear was that they were going to uh, split the audience, but it, in essence what ended up happening is that everyone's just watching both anyway. So it's not really affecting either one. I mean, there's a there's hills and there's peaks and valleys, there's highs and lows, but at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, AEW is the newer product. So in the beginning, it might have been a one-handed thing because everyone was trying to take a look at what it was going to look like. I think everybody now is kind of in a flow of what AEW really is, mm -hmm. even though they're evolving. 
So we'll see where AEW winds up. I hear you. My second question was, I don't know if you heard the rumors or not, in AEW Dynamite, they're supposed to be having Eric Bischoff come over there sometime. Uh, I'm under the impression that is confirmed. That he so will be Eric there. Bischoff is going to return. I don't know if he's returning full time. I know that he's going to be appearing at Dynamite. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting some word here in the room in the chat apparently that they they're not able to hear you. So I'm going to hang up, Saul. If I can get you back, I'm going to call you back. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Thank All you. Right. So real quick, um, can you guys hear me? Do you just not hear him? Can you guys still hear me? Because this is the second time now I've had this issue with Google Voice where it's not coming up on the uh, on the feed. Didn't hear the intro song either. But can you hear me? Are you guys still hearing? I hear you. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do then. I'm going to go ahead for now because this is the second time this has happened to me. So I'm going to try to hold on one second. Let me just go down to the bottom here. Uh, phone number, yeah, let's go ahead and take that off for now. I'm going to go ahead and take the phone number off just for now and uh, see if throughout um, see if throughout you guys have a different situation. Let me see. I'm going to call Marlon back. Maybe it was a receiving of the call? So let me see that. Let me see if I can call Marlon back. And then that should work itself out there. Let's see. Maybe you can. Do you guys hear a ringing at all? Martin. What up? What up? I had to build the drama right there. You see that? Uh, <laughs> how's, how's it going, brother? Brother Dinkins, how you how you rolling, buddy? No, I can't complain. Another day in paradise, man. Another day in paradise. Apparently, I'm getting some audio issues on the phone calls. I'm going to have to figure this one out. They're not. They didn't hear the last guy, and they're not hearing you. Uh, let me. Let me. Yeah, they uh, can't. We can't hear you. Okay. We can't okay. hear the callers. Can't hear the callers. Okay. So let me let you go. I'm going to try to figure this out on my end while still hosting the show. And as soon as no, I. No, you good. Uh, we're going to get up this week, though. Okay. All right. So we'll do that then. All yes, right. sir. Yes, All sir. All right, brother. All right, brother. Good luck. All right. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, because I ain't trying to fiddle with this shit all night. Phone's down. So y'all got something to say, say it in the chat, because <laughs> I'm not going to fuck with this phone deal the whole time. It's happened once before, and it required like a whole lot of like different setting changes and everything like that. I'm live right now. I don't have time for that, so fuck it. All right, about tonight. <laughs> about tonight. Here's what we're going to do about tonight. So what we ended up landing on was that there's nothing I love more than interacting with you guys as it relates to a wrestling conversation. So that's what we're going to do here tonight. Keeping it basic, keeping it uh, just slim and, 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 and keeping it to back to basics here and, and doing what we've done for 149 other episodes. And that's talking that shit. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, the guy who just uh, called, oh, I tried to attempt, you guys didn't hear him. His name was Marlon Dinkins. Really good dude. He's in the business. Uh, I'm trying to get an interview with him, so I'm very surprised that he called me just now for this show. But I'm very appreciative. Thanks, Marlon. We're going to get together. We're going to hook that up. Uh, yes, speaking of shirt, this is the original Orsini's Uncensored Mind t-shirt. This is the one that's been on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, for a while, and it did uh, well. 
Uh, but in case you guys haven't had a chance to see, because I've, I've shared it only a thousand times, so in case you missed it, I got a new logo. There's some new branding going on. Got the comic book cover of Orsini. Uh, that's now in the store. I've got two designs up now. I actually have a third in the works as well. We're kicking up the merch. We're kicking up the branding. We're kicking up Orsini's Uncensored Mind. So take a look at that when you guys get a chance. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash A-J-O-U-M. That's for the original logo shirt and the new logo shirt is already in the store, available for you guys. Uh, the new shirt's available right now, Steve. It's right now available, available for you guys to purchase or even just look at if you want to. I get page views. I don't give a shit. Mm. Here's my non-lean drink. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk that shit. We're going to talk some professional wrestling. We're going to talk some WWE. We're going to talk some AEW. We're going to talk a little bit about a lot of the headline stuff that's been going on recently here in uh, the world of pro wrestling. And my whole screen just went, there you go. We're back. So I got this new thing now because I've been toying with the uh, programs here on the uh, on the old streaming thing of the Bob here. And uh, so what I did was is I started putting, I'm going to start putting plaques on the screen so that we're all aware of what we're talking about. Because normally when I go live, we tend to trend off and sometimes even I forget what we're talking about. So in order for me to really keep track of what's going on, I'm going to be more organized and I'm going to have it sitting on the top. Okay, it's going to be right here. Ding. And that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about the N word. Let's talk about it. Why not? Let's talk about the N-word. I know that we said we were talking about pro wrestling, but believe me, the two are tied together. So for those of you who have been living under a rock or living regular lives, uh, you probably haven't heard, but there's been some video recently researched, uh, basically meaning some dude went on YouTube and scrounged around and found some old shit. And uh, my mom said, I'm on, son. Good job. Uh, oh, yeah, Brandon, we're talking the N-word. Let's talk about the N-word a little bit, shall we? So uh, there is a video that surfaced uh, from an old PWG show, maybe, I don't know, seven years ago, some shit like that. This is red shirt Kevin Steen days, way back when. And uh, N-word was dropped in a promo. Uh, apparently, it was a parody of The Longest Yard, when uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin scene, or whatever the case may be. But uh, Excalibur, who was the play-by-play -play announcer for, uh, excuse me, is he play by He's a color guy. The color guy for AEW and Kevin Steen, now known as Kevin Owens, were embridled in a feud with El Generico and the Human Tornado back in PWG days. Yes, we're talking about Excalibur. First of all, stop calling it the Excalibur incident because it's not, it's not an Excalibur incident. There's multiple people involved in this. I don't know why Excalibur, why well, I do know. I'm going to explain why, but... Excalibur is being nailed to the board here. Uh, but, yeah, so that's the situation. It was a PWG show about seven years ago. Excalibur and Kevin Owens were the heels in this particular program, and they were trying to get some heat, and they dropped the N-word, as well as some Mexican uh, racist shit. They, they went off. They, went, they, <laughs> they got real on people. Uh, yeah, he said the N-word. Yes, he did say the N-word. Uh, apparently, they both did. I didn't get a chance to see the complete video, but apparently they both did. And uh, again, this happened seven years ago at a PWG show. So the reason why it's coming up now is because Excalibur is the color commentator for AEW. Kevin Owens is one of the top superstars of WWE. So, of course, uh, SJW Nation jumped on board and decided it was a good idea to begin the campaign once again of cancel culture to try to get some sort of reprimand done to Excalibur, which is hilarious. 
because there was another white dude standing right next to him, and it's Excalibur's name is getting dragged through the mud. And I know why. I understand why. I know why everyone's focusing on Excalibur. And really, it has nothing to do with Excalibur if you really think about it. If you really think about it, Excalibur's actions and people wanting him to be punished has really nothing to do with Excalibur's actions. The reason why everybody wants Excalibur punished is because of Tony Khan. That's the truth. That's the reason why they want Excalibur fucking punished. They know Kevin Owens is not going to get punished for shit. Kevin Owens is not going to get punished for saying the N-word seven years ago when I think... If I'm not mistaken, about 15 years ago, Vince McMahon said the N-word on Raw. So he's not punishing anybody for saying the fucking N-word. They know Kevin Owens is not going to get punished. That's a, that's a done deal. They know that nothing's going to happen with that. So everyone's focusing on Excalibur because Tony has been very, very adamant, very open about blocking people and banning people from AEW. People who have no business even congregating with AEW or wanting any business or anything to do with AEW. Tony Khan is just throwing this shit out, doing the social media flex, trying to be trying to be the cool kid in class, and he's banning all these people who have no fucking... I, no idea they probably existed until they were banned. So he's been, very, he's been an advocate. He's been on top of it. He's been a forefront of this entire issue. So now it's your man's whose head is on the chopping block and everyone is just sitting here wondering what you're going to do, brother. What you're going to do? What are you going to do? Excalibur said this seven years ago and apparently this was all part of a plan developed by the black guy. Human Tornado was the one that came up not only with the idea but exactly what to say and how to say it. And that was the program, the, the promo idea between the four of them, to be honest with you. So, what's the plan? What you gonna do now? Like, like they're so they're, everyone's throwing Hogan's name in the... Co- what you gonna do, brother? How are you going to jump on top of this? How are you going to uh, execute some sort of punishment? Because everyone that you didn't know, everyone that was free from AEW cuffs, they all got banned. So now this guy is not only a part of your product, he's one of the voices of your show. Where do we go from here? Now the unfortunate circumstance of Excalibur is at this point in Excalibur's role in AEW, to some degree he's viewed as expendable. You already have enough voices at commentary as it is. You've got JR, you've got... Uh, Tony Schiavone, you've got the best co- commentator AEW has, Chris Jericho. You've got a, a, Taz is on commentary. Mar- even Marvez at this point is serviceable. You've got a rotation of voices coming through the booth. Excalibur is really, if you think about it, as far as the totem pole of announcers in this company, he's somewhere in the middle, and that's not a good place to be when you're making headlines and you're being controversial in the news. So, I'm asked right now in the room. Stephen James just asked me, what do you think should happen? If you're really wondering what I think should happen, nothing. I think, I think nothing should happen. If, at the very least, you want to appease some of these internet, some of this internet anger, an apology, maybe, an explanation of the situation, because so far the only explanation has been kind of hearsay. It's nothing really official, like, 
the people involved in this haven't stepped out and said, well, this is how that promo came about. This is what we did, and this is why we did it. If you want to come out and do that, if you want to come out, listen, you know, I was young. I was trying to get over. It was the, the black guy is the one who came over to me and told me, this is what we're going to do, man. You're going to get heat. And, da, da, da. and, you know, I just I wanted to make a check. I wasn't thinking straight. I made a mistake. It was immature of me. I apologize for my actions. I've changed since then. I think my record has proven that. I'm a changed person. You won't hear that type of shit from me anymore. And blah, 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 blah. At worst, that should be it. Because this was something that was done a long time ago the context the cer- the circumstances of it we have he has a history the people in the industry know him as someone who's clearly not a racist it's not like hogan which everybody keeps bringing up in the chat hogan was a known racist and once they had the evidence of it they executed the plan as such that was the reason why hogan got banned it wasn't because he said the n word is because he said the n word a million times and this time it was caught on camera for everyone to look at. Brandon, I don't think Excalibur or Steen needs to be punished, but I'm not unhappy. But I'm not unhappy that the video has been brought to light. It's cheap heat. It's stupid. And even though it was mad long ago, there's young people who might attempt the same stupid actions. Now, I think, once again, uh, I think me and Brandon are on the same page. I think the same exact. I was just explaining that just now. I think it's the same thing. It was dumb. And at the very least, if he wants to apologize for his actions, he's more than welcome to. Uh, and I, I, I don't think he needs to be punished for it because it, it wasn't something that he said, you know what, I'm going to go out there and call this dude the N-word. Fuck that. It was something that was brought to him. <laughs> it was something that, were brought, that was brought to him, and it was an idea that came up that, while well, yes, it's cheap, and, and I think that's something that if he, if he wants to make amends for something that he did when he was young, I think uh, Stephen James just said it there. Well, that can lead to teaching a teaching moment. Then, yeah, yes, I think that's what they should spin it as, where it's it's look. I did this because I was trying to get heat. This was all within the contents of wrestling promo and and trying to do the whole get over blah blah blah. But it was dumb. I shouldn't have done it, and this is why. And then you know, spin it. There's different ways to go about this, and none of them revolve around punishment. Having said that. Remember, you guys asked me what I think should happen. That's what I think should happen. What I think will happen is he's got to get punished. Because Tony has been, again, we're back to the boss. When you set an example like the one he's been setting, if he pulls back on it now just because it's his boy, he loses all credibility. Now, I'm not suggesting that he should ban the guy, but if he wants to stay out of hypocrite area, he needs to do something to Excalibur because Hogan and Linda Hogan were not the only ones. Whenever there is any discussion online revolving AEW, professional wrestling, and inclusion in those two factors, he is extremely vocal. This is one of the negatives to being an, an executive, to being a higher up and being on social media. Because when you voice your opinions, people are going to hold you to your opinions. So if you don't like person A because he's a racist, if you don't like person B because he's a racist, if you don't like person C because he's a racist, and all of these people did racist shit. When it's your guy, you've got to do something. Now, we, like I just said, we know for a fact that Excalibur is not a, he's not a racist. 
but he said some racist shit in order to further his career, which is still punishable. I Again, I don't think that he should be. I think if he turned this shit around, then I think everything should be copacetic at that point. Shouldn't be nothing. But when the boss sets his own standard and he doesn't meet it, that becomes an issue. Claiborne, Vince is definitely not going to punish, punish Owens. But you knew TK was going to get Excalibur. Can I ask a question real quick? Now that I've got people in the chat uh, doing this. When the fuck did Tony Khan become TK? Why the fuck do I keep seeing that online? TK. Did did y'all spend a week like at a summer home somewhere? Is Tony Khan hosting like house barbecues and shit that fans are going to? When the fuck did everyone get... So fucking close to Tony Khan that he's TK. What the fuck is TK? Is it really that his fucking full name only has eight letters? No one can type Tony or Khan or Tony. It's TK. I, I I'm sorry, it bothers me. It's nitpicking. I know it bothers me, and everyone's free to do whatever the fuck they want to do. But I have seen that shit so many fucking times. It's hilarious to me. TK. Oh, God, it's problematic. Khan booked himself into a corner. Yeah, he booked himself into a corner. When you're an executive, when you're at the top of a firm, and you're vocal, and you're vocal, that is the level of which people are holding you to. So when you go beneath it, 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 it doesn't look right. Now, Hogan and Linda, proven racist. They're racist. Not just by their words, but their actions, everything. Excalibur, not. So it's apples and oranges, but they're both fruit. Something, you got to do something in order to keep your credibility. They don't need to make an ant, uh, ant, uh, an ant out of a molehill. I think I know what you're trying to say. And you're right. I, you're right. I don't, I don't think they need to make a big deal out of this anyway. I think, I think the only reason a punishment would come would be for TK to save face. I call him TK for no reason. TK, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, it's 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 shorter, but it's almost as irritating as when Booker T used to call it. Was it Debry? Oh my god, Debry! Holy shit, fucking Debry! <laughs> fucking Debry! Oh god, if if listen, if Excalibur would have went out there and just said in his own head and was just like. Fuck this guy. Watch this. And he just fucking N-worded this dude. Oh, that would have been a completely different story. But the fucking black guy was like, yeah, this is going to be a great idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you say so. Oh, my God. He got he to get out of the jail free card. And it worked for seven years. <laughs> for seven years, it worked. It was good. His 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 say the N-word privilege was, was revoked that night, I'm sure. Like the promo happened, they pounded it out. <laughs> Never again. And they were just like, all right, all right, all right. Oh, God. Kevin Owens as well. We all know Kevin Owens is not a goddamn racist. We all know that. The guy loves pandas. You can't love pandas and be a racist. It's physically impossible. Science proved, has proven this. I'm sure if you look at the catalogs, Duke University did a fucking study on this at some point. There's, there's, there's no way. You can't be a panda enthusiast. And, and be a racist. It's, it's impossible to do. I think that's why they need a uh, wrestling genius in Eric Bischoff. Slow your roll. <laughs> Slow your roll. I don't know if I would call Eric Bischoff a genius, but he was definitely a... He was, he was good in the position he was in when he had the wallet that he had. I, I wouldn't call him a genius just, 
just yet. Just yet. All right, so watch this. Clink. We're going to remove the N-word off of our topic bracket here because uh, we're going to talk about something else. We're going to switch chop topics here, if you will, okay? And we're going to move on. We're going to stay in AEW territory here, and we're going to talk about the Women's Tag Tournament. Let's talk about this for a goddamn second, okay? Because now I'm going to get hot, okay? I know you all saw the fucking clip with what's her face, the one who couldn't take any dick to save her life. What was her fucking name? Um, Ariane. I know her WWE name was Cameron, right? So I think it's Ariane or whatever the fuck, the one who was crying. About, oh, sweet Jesus. I saw her on fucking camera at AEW. She's going to be paired up with Nyla Rose because apparently it's a 16-team tournament. Right? 16-team tournament. That means 16 teams of two. That means 32 women. You ain't got 32 women. What the fuck are you talking about? And that, that was when it was announced. And now I see this. And I just know that it's only going to get crazier from here as to who they bring in. Why the fuck would you? Okay, wait. Breather. You can't get the women you have correct. So you're going to bring in more, not to use to get over the women you have, but to pair, to, uh, to make appear on TV as though they are equal to one another, only to, at the end of the tournament, go home uh, with a payday and a pat on the back, and that's it. There's no tag titles. There's going to be a trophy. There's a, I think there's like a cup or some shit at the end. And poor Nyla Rose. Look, Nyla Rose might, <laughs> might be the best case scenario in this because Cameron is uh, Arion, whatever, might not be the most technically proficient professional wrestler of all time, but at least she's rolled in the locker rooms of a few of them, she may know a thing or two. She may accidentally do something right, just based on the very, the, the very limited training she has had. But my fear is they're going to start pulling names from a lot of odd fucking places just for the headline of this person's here in this tournament. Because I'm sure they've already got their Final Four and Finals already worked out in their heads. So it's all fodder at this point as to who's going to be in the tournament. And Cameron or Arion or whatever the fuck, teaming with Nyla Rose basically tells me that either Nyla Rose is not getting far in this tournament, and she shouldn't. She actually should be a first-round knockout. She should turn and beat the fuck out of Cameron out of whatever fucking match they're having. There's no reason for Nyla Rose to be in a fucking tag tournament. It's ridiculous and dumb. So unless they're using Cameron to get the shit kicked out of her by Nyla Rose... I'm for this. Cosign. We need more Nyla Rose fucking people up segments. But Jesus Christ. AEW is... Hold on. Uh, it moved up. Okay. One of the biggest criticisms about AEW is that their women's division is lackluster in its presentation. What do they do? Flood it with more women? Get over the women you have first. Uh, that was Steven. Steven continued. Alundra Blaze to AEW confirmed. I hope not. So I'm saying it now. The Nightmare Sisters for the win. So they're pulling... 
uh, page out of the Crockett book now. Yeah, there's no, there's no uh, doubt that Brandy Rose is winning this fucking tournament. There's no doubt. At the very least, she's losing in the finals. She's there. I think it was, who was it, Brian Last on Cornette Show? Had the best quote ever. Whatever happens on Dynamite, it doesn't matter what happens on Dynamite. Brandy Rhodes will find herself on the card in some fucking way, shape, or form. She will find a way on this fucking card. She was Cody's valet. Then she was the manager of Team Nightmare or whatever, Team Cody, whatever the fuck that was when he had a full entourage. Then she was the leader of some voodoo cult or whatever. Then she was back to valet, then back to manager, and now in a tag team with someone she was just feuding with a few weeks ago. I don't fucking understand anything that she's doing. And I'm so glad. I, I told my wife, I said, thank God you're no longer the Brandy Rhodes of any promotion that I ever promoted for. Because uh, I didn't put my wife on fucking shows for that very fucking reason. Because I wouldn't know what to fucking do with her because my wife doesn't do a whole lot physically. Cody should realize his wife doesn't do a whole lot physically either. Great looking woman. Great looking woman. That's uh, that's a mighty fine female. But no. I'm not even going to say that she's a bad businesswoman. Because from what I understand, she's amazing behind the desk. She, she can work out some business. Phone calls, the whole deal. She, she can make some moves. She can make some happen. She can make money for AEW. She is an asset. In the ring, no, just no. I actually feel bad for Allie in this situation. I really do. They booked Nala. Uh, Nancy said Ariana is not even a good wrestler. She really isn't. If they booked Nala to come in on her own, that she is better than any two women, and she does, then I'm okay with it, Team Nyla. Yeah, that works itself out. Ariana was saying she was coming back to WWE last year. Of course she was. They all say that when they come when they, ugh, whatever. It's a tough economy, AJ. Come on. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Can we talk about Matt Cardona? I don't want to, but we will. <laughs> we will have to at some point toward the end. When we do the Q&A, we'll talk Matt. Bring up Matt Cardona at the end when we do the Q&A because I got something for Matt Cardona too. But I want to stay on focus here. Let's stay focused here with the women's tag tournament. Just a few more points. Actually, one more point. Not a few more. One more point on the women's tourney. And it was something that Steven had just brought up a second ago. If the purpose of bringing in these randoms, these random females that are going to come in, is to be equal to the women they have here, this is a gigantic waste of time. If these women are being brought in to elevate the women they already have, this tournament has the potential to be really, really useful because AEW is starting off in the Attitude Era. They're not starting off in the early 90s Doink the Clown era. And what I mean by that reference is, is that in the earlier days when, they, when the WWE didn't have competition, they put their stars on Raw to beat up fodder so that the stars looked like stars, and then on the pay-per-views, the two stars would collide, pay for the actual fight. When WCW came around and started giving away pay-per-view matches on television, it forced the WWE to now put Rock versus Stone Cold on Raw, Taker versus Mankind on Raw. That's when that's how that happened. AEW is starting 
right at the Attitude Era. They're not building their talent. They're going right to, here is a mega matchup between Best Friends and Private Party, which is great for the people who know who Best Friends and Private Party are, but if you're flipping through channels and you see wrestling on and you see four guys in there you've never seen before, you don't give a fuck about Private Party and you don't give a fuck about Best Friends. You Until... The match is over because the two teams in that scenario of Private Party and Best Friends, they're going to go at each other and they're going to try to put on the best wrestling match they can for 15 minutes, which is fine. But as a casual, if I were to see Best Friends in there beating the fuck out of two random yahoos and looking like fucking stars, and then two segments later I saw Private Party come out and do all their shit that they do and look fucking amazing and pull all their shit off, and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then at the end of the show I found out, hey, by the way, this Sunday Private Party and Best Friends are going to collide. Money! That's kind of the ABC, that's how that's supposed to fucking work. So in this particular situation, if you want to use the tag tournament, per se, to do just that, there are ways within the tournament to do that, especially in the first goddamn round. I just gave you an example. Nyla turning on Cameron and fucking her up just for the shits and giggles of fucking her up. Why the fuck would she be interested in a tag tournament? I want my women's title back. Bring me Sheeta. Bring me Sheeta's head on a platter. That's what I want. And you could do several different things in these tournaments, especially in the first round. You can do... Uh, two babyface females, one is signed, one is not, because it's a random drawing, and you have the one who's not take all the fucking bumps, and you have the one who is signed get their shit in the beginning, tag in the newbie, newbie gets a couple of fire-ups, and then gets the shit kicked out of them, all the heat on there, build toward the big hot tag, tag the one who signed, come in, the big hero, house of fire, does the whole deal, wins the match, looks like a big fucking star, Second round, you can do something very similar, but this time put the babyface who's signed in the heat position so it makes it look like they're carrying the nobody. There are ways to do this, but I doubt very seriously they're going to do any of that. They're going to put these indie chicks and their current roster together and mash them together and just do whatever it is they want to do for 10 or 15 minutes at a time, and it's just going to be a, a series of wrestling matches that just take place for an oversized cup much like this one, but won't, what's in that cup won't nearly be as delicious as what this mystery, still a mystery of what's in this cup. Mm. So, isn't Private Party getting mentored by Matt Hardy? Yes, that's what they're telling us. I don't know what that means, because they have not shown us what that mentoring is. They have not told us what that mentoring is. Matt Hardy is accompanying Private Party to the ring, and he's involving himself in a few backstage segments where they talk about uh, shots and alcohol. I don't really know what the uh, mentoring is. Coquito. No, it's not Coquito. Uh, I, I hate that beverage. I, I will never drink that beverage. Definitely, And I'm definitely not going to drink what appears to be a full gallon of it right here in this cup. So that's not going to work out. Uh, Coquito there. I have a feeling Brandon Rose would do a good job as Booker for the women's division. So why on earth do you believe that Brandy will do a good job as the Booker for the women's division? I need you to get back to me on that. Because what has she done that has shown you that she's got what it takes to book any division at all whatsoever? Okay, so maybe, maybe Party Hardy. Uh, why didn't they name it that? Party Hardy, babe. Party Hardy. Matt Hardy and Private Party. Party Hardy. 
How did they miss that? Saul, that was very good. That was very, very good. Uh, my wife said maybe because it sounds too white. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I can see Private Party going, nah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take it off. Boop. We're done with the women's tag tourney. I love that feature. I love the fact that I can snap. I snap now and the thing just goes away. It goes boop like that and it just goes. It's pretty cool. Absolutely nuts. So we're going to go into a different direction now. If WWE, did, if WWE did what they would did that, they would be crucified. You didn't write it wrong. I read it wrong. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's the mystery fluid. If <laughs> I don't know. if They get crucified for everything, so that's a safe bet. So clever. So we're going to snap into a different topic. And we're going to talk double champions. Let's get into this a little bit. Because apparently you guys get pretty pissy about these uh, double champions now. Keith Lee winning two belts. Sasha Banks, was it uh, uh, two belt banks? And Bailey Dose Straps, the golden role models, are now the two-woman power trip. I've seen the memes. It's official. Although I don't like the meme of Triple H in the Austin body because they put Bailey on Triple H's head as opposed to Steve Austin's. And I think that might be, I think that might be reversed, I think. But yeah, so Bailey and Sasha Banks now hold all the gold in the women's division. They are both the WWE Tag Team Women's Tag Team Champions. Bailey, the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, and Sasha Banks, officially now the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Claiborne, I know you love it, boy. I love. Folks, I love nothing more than watching Claiborne go off on these noobs, these scrubs in these wrestling groups. I love when Clay and Claiborne, let me tell you something. I'm gonna I'm about to put Claiborne over huge right now. Claiborne's got time for you bitches. Claiborne will sit there. I've seen him go 40, 50 comments deep. He will he he got time for your bullshit. Claiborne is a special kind of petty, and I fucking love that man. He will go to the depths. He and I may not see eye to eye from time to time, but even we can agree that there's some fucking idiots online, and sometimes you got to clear your fucking schedule out. I appreciate that, man. No doubt about it. I know you love it, big man. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of moving parts in, in, in both the Keith Lee situation and the Sasha Banks and Bailey situation. Keith Lee I'll start with because Keith Lee is fast. This is a quick explanation, the Keith Lee thing. Because for those of you who, wait, today is Saturday. I don't even know if that episode aired yet. So I don't know if I should say, because I'm not sure if that episode aired yet. But a decision was made about Keith Lee and his two belts. And I won't spoil what it is, but let's just say that a decision was made. And so the controversy now, I guess, amongst fans is, what was the point of giving him two belts? What was the point of giving to Keith Lee both belts? So Keith Lee's reason is different from Sasha Banks's reason. Sasha Banks is going to take a little bit more explaining, so I'll just do the Keith Lee thing first. Keith Lee is easy. They gave him the two belts for one reason, the photo. That's it. That's all it was for, the photo. Keith Lee in the ring, two belts at one time, confetti written down, tears in his eyes, 
a bunch of people banging on the glass. It's a scene. It's a happening. It's Chris Jericho winning the belts, uh, beating Austin and, and Rock in the same night. It's uh, it's that moment where you could point to him, and every moment after that, when the commentators and when the announcers all say that this guy is a star, people are going to ask you, well, what makes him a star? Well, what's what's the what's that pivotal moment that he had that makes him so damn good? That's going to be the one that they point to. The night that he beat over a year-long reign of Adam Cole whilst being the North American champion, holding the two belts, it was just for the photo. Just for that moment, just for that video, just for them, just for Mauro Vanello to yell, history make in the making here at NXT. The quotes, the vibe, the feel, the moment. That's it. Now they made him a star. He doesn't need two belts. Definitely doesn't need the secondary title. He's moved past that. He's the NXT champion. And now we're going to give a whole new crop of guys to now have their moment and be crowned the NXT North American champion. That's it. There's no other, there's no other reason for it. They needed one moment to pinpoint where his star rose. That was it. Everything after that, Exactly, Steve, for the promo package. Everything after that is force feed. Now when he gets to the main roster, every bumble, every misstep, every mistake he may make will now be blanketed by that moment. So when they go, whenever, when Keith Lee debuts and he comes through the curtain for the main roster, he's a former NXT champion. He wore the NXT and North American championship at the same time he beat Adam Cole for the world title. And Adam Cole who reigned for over a year. He ran a rough shot through the competition in NXT. They got a they got a fillet him like a motherfucker on television. They got a bunch of shit to say about him all based on that one fucking night. That's what it was. It was just money in the bank for him to be a star down the line. Like Steven said, when he when when Keith Lee gets to the main roster and he has a big name opponent in the promo package, you're gonna see that shot of him with the two belts and the confetti and all that stuff to make you feel as the viewer like Keith Lee is on the same level as I don't know Randy Orton or something like that, right? That that's gonna be their evidence, their proof he belongs in the ring with this guy. It'll be the same for Adam Cole. That picture of Adam Cole laying on that bottom rope holding his face with the confetti laying on him as Keith Lee celebrated. That's going to be the chip on Cole's shoulder when he gets to the main roster because of the size thing, which we'll get to later on in this show. We're going to talk a little bit more about Adam Cole and the size issue a little later. But this is all it's all prepping for packages and videos and storytelling. It's all that's all that it was for. Now, Bailey and Sasha has a different picture. <laughs> Um, that picture of him with the two titles was everywhere. Of course, that's the whole point. That's a pretty good moral. <laughs> and I hated hearing it. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Uh, that was the spur of the moment. I wasn't planning on doing a moral, so there you go. But uh, Io Shirai is amazing in NXT. Yes, in NXT. Let's hope to God she's there as long as possible. Sasha and Bailey is a different story. And a lot of you are not going to like this take. That's fine. If you want to argue about it, let's argue about it. Like like I said to to, to Claiborne, I, I got I got time for this one. 
Uh, Claiborne says, I hope they keep Undisputed Era together. I hope so, too. To, a, to an extent. I, I, hope, I hope so. I would love to see the group come into the main roster together. And, and, and then eventually maybe they do their own thing. Maybe. You can't do the stable forever. It's, it's, the, it's the jumping the shark thing. But definitely debuting. Definitely coming in together. Definitely running rough shot. Getting all the belt. Not everything they did in NXT. Same shit. Just on the main roster. Get them over as a tandem and then we'll do our own thing. But Bailey and Sasha. They're a completely different scenario. And the reason why Sasha and Bailey have all the belts. And you're not going to agree with me. But hear me out. It's fear. Fear is the reason they have those belts. It's Becky. It's Charlotte. It's Sasha. It's Bailey. After that, they have no confidence after that. After those four, they've got no fucking confidence in fucking anybody. Anybody. It does not matter who you like. It does not matter who you are a fan of. It does not matter who you support. They have zero confidence in any of them. Not fucking one. Even Bliss, who was pushed to the fucking moon just a few years ago, every time she takes a bump, she breaks something. Or she's knocked out. Or she's injury prone. She's the new female Ziggler. Every high-intensity thing breaks her. And I get it. Alexa Bliss weighs the same amount as a saltine cracker. I understand that. She's frail to a degree. But trust is huge. Trust is huge for Vince McMahon. And if he cannot trust you, you will not succeed in his company. He may give a shot here and there, but he, 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 he's not going to get married to the idea of putting the belt, putting the division on someone who's not one of those fucking four. Uh, so it's because Becky and Charlotte are not there, plain and simple. Becky and Charlotte are security blankets for them. And to a degree, so has Bailey and Sasha. But Bailey and Sasha have always kind of been the third and fourth of that foursome for a while becky was kind of four and then she broke every fucking record you could fucking have and she became number one followed by a very game and and an angry charlotte number two bailey and, Char and sasha you can go three or four you can rotate and you just took off the top two so yeah there's a lot of fucking fear right now Women's titles can main event pay-per-views. If you aren't main event level, no belt for you. I mean, in their eyes, to a degree, pretty much, yeah. If, if, if they don't fully believe that they can make money off of you, no. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they tr Listen, if I, I actually have it up because I was going to bring this point up earlier. So let me bring it up now. Uh, da, 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 da. It was where the hell did I have it? Right here. I have it right here in front of me. So as an example for SmackDown, right? I have the list up in front of me because I was researching something else. It reads Becky, Alexa, Naomi, Alexa, Naomi, Natalia, Charlotte, Carmella, Charlotte, Becky, Oscar, Charlotte, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Charlotte, Bailey. That's SmackDown. So Becky was the first. For obvious reasons, even at that time, she was one of the most over females they had. Followed by Alexa Bliss, safe bet. Then Naomi, and this is where it went downhill because Naomi got hurt. So Naomi got hurt and went back to the safe bet of Alexa. 
They gave it to Naomi again because it was Orlando, her hometown. It was the big deal. But then even that, it went to Natalia, Charlotte. They tried Carmella. Didn't work. Back to Charlotte. Then her and Becky and Asuka got into a exchanging of the belts. And it just stayed on Charlotte, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Charlotte, Bailey. The only real experiment here on this list was Naomi and Carmella. And Naomi got hurt. And Carmella just sucked. Even Natalia, who had the belt here for about 86 days, didn't really make a whole lot of noise. Grandma Natty didn't make a whole lot of noise in this fucking scenario. If you go to the Raw side, which I also happen to just have up, Sasha, no, excuse me, Charlotte, Sasha, Charlotte, Sasha, Charlotte, Sasha, that should tell you something right there, Charlotte, Bailey, Alexis, Sasha, Alexis, Nia Jax, Alexis, Ronda, Becky, Asuka, Sasha. So for Raw, they took no chances. The only experiment on here was Ronda and maybe Nia. But other than that, they didn't take any fucking chances. And this is lineage going all the way back. This is just the, when it was the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. So this is going back from about WrestleMania 32, April of 2016. That's how... That's, I literally just ran the lineage down to you right now. That's all that it was. There are no real uh, chances that they took here. They didn't take any real chances here. Because they don't fucking trust anyone else to do it. I thought Carmella was a damn good heel and a great transitional champ before passing it off. But that's the problem. If she worked... Carmella worked to a degree because at least as a heel... She got legitimate heat. She did. People did not want her to be the champion, and people did not see her as championship material. But she fit exactly what you just described. Transitional. She's good to go from one person to the next. I'm sure if she sticks around long enough, and she's still in good graces, if there's a down period where they need to build another person up, she'd be another option. But as a full-fledged champion, no. She was not very good at all. Uh, how much of her husband's legal issues do you think was perhaps affected Naomi in the eyes of the office? Do you feel that's a factor? To a degree, yes. But I don't... The funny thing is, is that Jay was the one who got in trouble. I can't never remember which one it was she was fucking. Is it Jay or Jimmy? I can't remember. I think it's Jay. Jay's the one that got in trouble. But... It hasn't affected the Usos really at all. They were still the champions going into Mania 35, and they ended up retaining. So they got that big retaining championship moment. They were still in high-profile matches. Even during the COVID era in the empty arenas, they were still... Um, they had the ladder match for the tag titles. They were still doing things. The, the arrests and the DOIs didn't really hurt the Usos like that much. I actually think it affected Naomi more than it affected the Usos, but that was because the Usos are higher up in the food chain of the tag division than she is in the women's division. That's just the way that it is. And I want to hold off on the Naomi conversation because you know what's coming next. Let's finish the double champions things because you know I got to talk about that shit next. Uh, Shayna got her big moment at Survivor Series and got boring chance. Carmella can't wrestle. Yeah. Uh, the reason Shayna is, is not as over on the main roster as she is in NXT, uh, from I know the rumors are about the appearance, 
the rumors are about her appearance. I just don't. I don't think the appearance is the deal. I, I honestly, I don't. I just think they don't know what to do with her. She comes off like a fighter. She comes off like a shoot fighter. Vince doesn't know what to do with a fucking shoot fighter. Look what they did with Ronda. The longer she stayed, the less shoot fight she became. They don't know what to do with fighters. They have no fucking clue. Strikers, all that different stuff. They they don't know what to do with that shit. Look what they're doing to Aleister Black. Look what they're doing. There's so many guys that come through there. Even Punk. You know, Punk was a wrestler that they tried to turn into a striker. I don't know if you guys remember that. But in ECW, that was the way they promoted him. In ECW, Paul was like, we're going to make him different here. He's going to be a bit of a striker. Right? So he was doing all the, 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 the wrist rolls and the Muay Thai stuff. And then as soon as he got to the main roster, gone. I don't know what that strike shit is. Wrestle. They don't know what to do with people who are supposedly, quote unquote, close to as real as possible. They have no clue what to do with any of it. So Shayna is going to forever be in this purgatory of not quite on top and not quite at the bottom either. I know she's back now, but I think the room right now is her and Nia Jax at SummerSlam. For what? For what reason? Who fucking knows? And to be honest, who fucking cares? That match is going to be just horrible anyway, so it doesn't matter. Shayna would, would make better in AEW or in Impact. See, here's the problem with that. I don't know if that's true. I actually think Shayna would be better in Impact than AEW because, once again, AEW does not know how to book their women. They don't. They don't have a clue how to do it. They don't have a clue how to book women in AEW. They don't. Impact, a little better. Don Callis, Scott Demore, they they have a little bit more expertise, I guess, in the matter. But in AEW, no clue. Most of, <laughs> most of the guys kind of book themselves in AEW for the most part. They still pitch things. and uh, I mean, it still goes to Tony. Tony still makes the final decision. But a lot of the guys pitch their own shit. And if the women are pitching their own shit, then someone needs to start pitching shit to the women because it's not working out. I'm going to see where this tournament goes, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they don't they, – Sasha and Bailey are holding the belts right now, and they're hoping that with them having all the belts, when they lose, when Sasha and Bailey finally lose the belts, they're hoping, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of hoping myself, they're hoping that the winner of those matches are going to somehow be the new stars. That's what they're probably hoping here. Um, actually, I just realized I had something here. What is this? Boop. Oh, this is interesting. I forgot I set this up. <laughs> More new shit for the show. I got a poll. Let's see if that works. Oh, can you guys see that? I don't know if it shows. Which title will be dropped first by Bailey and Sasha? Who's going to lose what first? The Raw Women's Championship a SmackDown Women's Championship or the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Which belt will they be losing first? I don't know if you guys can see that. I can't. Oh, it's on my screen. There it is. Oh, look. I got a poll. It's awesome. Which title will be dropped first? I don't know if you guys can see that. But you go ahead and uh, you can vote on that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Sasha. <laughs> Sasha's going to be Sasha All Bells? What? I, I'm, I'm asking them who they think will lose the championship. Yeah. So, and Sasha will grab the Raw Championship and be Sasha All Bells. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. All right, Claiborne chooses the Raw Women's Championship. Oh, he thinks he's 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 going with the popular opinion of <laughs> Sasha has a belt. Can't be much longer before she drops that bitch. Actually, that was the reason. If I go back here, that was the reason that I uh, had that that up. Oh, I lost that. Okay, so never mind. I'm not even gonna go down that road. Yeah. So that. Yeah, well, I guess I'll leave that up for you guys to go ahead and fuck around with if you want. That poll is up. It'll show me here, right? This is pretty cool. I've never messed with this before. We're all learning together. There we go. Polls. Which title? Okay. And then what was the result so far? Oh, yeah. Everyone's assuming so far that the tag titles are going to stay put. Yeah, maybe. I guess we got a better shot of the other championships dissipating. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize that I could do I mean, I had an idea that I could do that. So that's pretty awesome there. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to click out again. Get rid of that. And we're going to move on to the next topic here. All right. Here we go. So MGS promo. So uh, the deal with the promo... Uh, I was told a thousand times, you're going to love it, you're going to love it, you're going to love it, it's great. Uh, what a classic heel promo, what a guy, he's a future star, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I didn't have anything really negative to say about the promo. I, I thought the promo was actually really good, but I did notice I'm starting to develop, uh, I, I'm starting to develop a, a, a sense with him. I, I'm kind of getting the style now of his promos, and I'm kind of less of a fan now. Because the comparisons that I always hear now seem a little closer than usual. And the internet's always comparing him to The Miz. And I never understood it. I never understood the comparison. But that promo really illustrated to me, I get it now. He, his style is very, it's the half shoot, half work style of promo. Like when he said Jonathan... You know, like when he referenced Moxley by his real name to get an ooh from people. And he'll work. You know, the promo is a work and he'll, he'll da-da-da-da. But then every now and then, like when he called him a cosplay Stone Cold, which is feeding off of the whole internet aspect of what of the people who are hating on Moxley. And, you know, he says a lot of YouTube comment type shit. And I get it. It's heat. I get it. He, he's, he has a job that he needs to do. But at the same time, I'm just now really starting to understand and get a hold of, of his particular style. And I hope it evolves over time. Maybe he, maybe he changes it up. Maybe when he's solidified as a heel, this whole thing uh, uh, changes up for him. You know, you got to evolve with the times. So I'm hoping it definitely happens to him. He definitely evolves with the times on that. But I got to kind of be honest with you. You know, I don't want to say overhyped, but the He's still, what, 23, 22, something like that. So I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that, he, that he's at a place right now where he's the, the best promo in the business right now. But everybody's like, he's the best promo, he's the best heel, he's on top. He's da -da -da, he's da -da -da. I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to absolutely be, at one point, He's going to be one of the better performers in the entire business. 
he he might be holding the flag for everybody and probably about five or six years from now. Five or six years from now. Once he gets into like his late twenties and he's in a fucking groove, he may com- be completely untouch untouchable. But right now, getting a grasp I always get this sense when he does his promos like he's he says his comment and he's waiting for that response to see how they dig it. And then depending on how they dig it, that's the direction he goes. So like if he does like a work like a work part of the promo and they're not really into it, that's when he throws that shoot shit in to kinda liven him up and then he does his fucking thing. I hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't uh rely on it forever until the end of time but for right now while he's still getting footing it's another reason why i'm glad they haven't pushed him to the moon i'm glad he didn't go from cody right to the championship situation they're doing it now i think i think this is leading to a match because i think he said he'll i'll see you at all out so i'm assuming that's where he wants to go with it but i don't necessarily think that that's he doesn't need to be in that position or just yet I think you can burn a few more people through Moxie before that happens. I know someone in the chat said uh, he should beat Moxie for the title. I don't think that he should. Because I, want him, I, I would love for MJF to be in a position where once he wins the belt, it's going to be very hard to conceive an idea of where someone takes it off of him. If MJF was to win the championship from Moxley, You'd have to do it through some heel shenanigans. You'd have to... They'd overbook it for sure because it's the main event and they overbook every main event. You'd have to have, I don't know, a bunch of hired goons come in that Maxwell paid off and and then Moxley beats them up and then he tries a cheap pin. It didn't work out. It's all overbook, oversaturated shit they'll probably throw in there. All just to save face for Moxley that MJF was to beat him, which tells you that they don't see... Maxwell and Moxley on the same level, which is fine because they're not. MJF doesn't have the resume that a Moxley has. I would rather MJF build that resume, beat some fucking names, beat some fucking people, whether it be through heel tactics or just dirty pins or however creative you can get, so that when he gets to Moxley, it appears like an even battle. It appears like, well, MJF has fucked so many people over to get here, it's very conceivable that he can beat Mox. They should make MJF by himself. No need for Wardlow. Disagree. Disagree. For right now, I very much think there's a purpose to Wardlow. I love the fact that he's got a hater. I love the fact that he's got a guy that's going to overpower his opponents whenever he needs him to. It helps with the heel gimmick. Because, again... You're saying this based off of the premise that you think MJF is ready right now. He's not. He will be. When he gets to where he's going, yeah, right. He's not going to need a Wardlow. He'll be plenty heel all by himself. Until then, keep the training wheels on. Let him get a feel for what it's like. He needs... This is... He's not... This is not even... If, I mean, if you count MLW, maybe, but... Up until COVID and, and the shutting down of the arenas, these were the biggest audiences he's ever been in his life, but he's only been in front of a few. It still hasn't been a full year in front of these in these big buildings because they shut it down due to the whole pandemic. So he's still not really getting the experience that he needs to be on his own. Clayboard, MGF is a coward heel. He needs Wardlow. Exactly. He he 
he needs someone else to to uh, 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 to take that heat for him. It's a little bit the physical aspect of it. We don't. I don't want MJF getting beat up and bounced around like the situation with the pool when they threw him in the pool. What a fucking dumb thing to do. It was the dumbest fucking thing, and it was for ha-has. It was for hey, hey. It didn't make any fucking sense to do. It was it was dumb. I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. It's ridiculous. I just realized that I might have moved. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It was dumb. It didn't need to be done, and and and, and I hope they realized that they made a mistake because they haven't done it since. He needs that. Uh, MJF versus Darby Allen is a. That's uh, that's another person, Darby Allen. For Christ's sake, how hard is this to get a guy like Darby? I feel like Darby's getting over in spite of the bullshit, rather than because of it. I barely ever see him. I think he's hurt now, but before he got hurt, he was barely ever on. He was doing these offshoot promos. It was the weirdest fucking thing ever. The guy's over. He's a smaller guy, and when he got beat up by Brian Cage. That exposed a really big size difference. But you can get around that. You can get around that. Darby Allen could be something. They just got to figure out the recipe for him. Whatever works. And I know people like to make a lot of Jeff Hardy comparisons. Jeff Hardy was six foot one, 200 and something pounds. This guy is, is he six feet? No, I don't think so. I'd be shocked if he was 200. Don't lie to me and tell me he's, two, he's two, 205. That's bullshit. I think him and I think him and my son can share clothes. I don't think for any second this guy is legitimately fucking 200 pounds. There's no fucking way. Ricky Starks gave him a concussion. Yeah, Ricky's good for that, I guess. No disrespect to him, but I've heard shit. I'm trying to keep my. Uh, I have a whole new setup in front of me now because everything has been shifted around. This is not the way I wanted this episode to go at all. But you guys are still with me. I, I really appreciate it. I apologize for that little moment where I wasn't speaking because I wasn't sure if I could speak. I wasn't sure what was going on screen-wise, what you could see, what you couldn't see. I actually assumed for a second there that we weren't online anymore because when I went back through the process in which I started this video, it was asking me to start another. So I don't know why if I'm on, it's asking me to start another. It was weird and dumb. So I'm going to go ahead and just drop that. And continue on, and oh, there goes that. We're going to go into the next topic here. I only got about two left, and I might have to scrap the other one because I wanted to do some cute. No, we'll get into it. It's, it'll be quick. As a matter of fact, let's get into it now. Boop. This needs to happen, guys. I've been hearing the rumor mill. I have. I've been hearing the rumor mill. I've heard cruise ship. I've heard the PC. I've heard... Uh, I've heard uh, uh, Beach I've heard Townhouse I've heard Plots I've heard a whole bunch of different fucking things But this is the one right here folks The Beach This is where it needs to be This is where I want SummerSlam This shit would be awesome I just fucking said I'm tired I haven't, I haven't watched Raw and Smackdown At all And we're going into the months category it's been recording it. My DVR picks it up. Haven't been fucking watching it. Got rid of it. I get rid of them. And I move on to the next fucking thing because I can't stand watching these shows in the PC. Now, if they do SummerSlam in the PC, chances are, because I've been watching the pay-per-views, except Extreme Rules. I did not. I didn't watch that. They're going to pop a motherfucker's eyeball out. 
I'm not watching that goofy shit. That's goofy shit. No, thank you. I'm not watching that goofy shit. But this one, SummerSlam, it's a traditional thing. I, I, I just might. But there's been so many different things. I heard Private Island. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's so many different variations that I've heard. And if it's a private island or just not private island but a beach that they're able to taper off and just can close it off to other people and just be in control of the scenario, I want SummerSlam at the beach. That's what I want. I want, I want it to be called SummerSlam at the beach, like Bash at the Beach, SummerSlam at the beach. I want the ambiance. I want the wind. I want the trees. I want sand in the background because obviously I'm not going to have sand rings out or anything like that. I want the and I, and people are gonna say they're biting because AEW just had women by the pools with bikinis and shit like that. Fuck it, I want bikinis and masks and gloves. I I I want social distancing, but I want titties too. I want it all. I want you to appease me as a fan. I'm gonna be selfish now. I'm gonna be like one of these people on the internet. I want SummerSlam to be geared toward me. I want. Big titty, big booty bitches by the pool, just watching matches. I want the matches to be outrageous. I want all multi-man matches. <laughs> I want a sand pit match. I want a sand cancel contest. I want the whole shebang. If you're going to be ludicrous and you're going to be fucking ridiculous, commit, motherfuckers. Go all the way. I want a life. I want during the course of a match, I want the referee to wear the referee shirt while on one of the lifeguard chairs. Higher up, like a tennis judge by the ring. Not even in the ring, just like this. Hmm. Just watching the match like this. And then instead of hitting the mat for a three crown, he has one of those tennis clappers. Like that. And let him count. One, two. Ah. Oh, he's continuing. Go ahead. It's just a two. Two. Just like when they refer they argue with the referee. One, two, three. He has to look up to do it like John McEnroe. One, two, three. And then the judge will go there. Two. And then he does the clap like that. If you're going to fuck with my pro wrestling and made it and make it whatever bullshit garbage you want, I want all the garbage. Don't give me a little bit of garbage like they did with for eye for an eye. Don't give me a, pro- a program I actually want to see between Mysterio and between Rollins and then give me gummy worm eyeballs at the end of this bullshit. Fuck you. I want the whole if you're going to do that, I want the whole fucking shebang. They said Braun versus Jaws. Yes, I want them to wheel out a fucking tank of water with a fucking shark in it and then i want he comes out with the white lotion on his nose and flip flops and appropriate length shorts because i know how you white guys handle your shorts i want appropriate length shorts okay right to the knee not above it not adjacent to it minimum to the knee if you can go lower if you can wear bathing suit capris i'm signed on i'm going for it Put him in a, a fucking tank top and have him move the whole. Put the title on the line, bitch. Universal title. Random ass shark versus Braun Strowman one on one for the Universal Championship. Let's settle this. And I guarantee you this. Regardless of the shark they find, I think I know he'll be the better worker in that match. Let the shark carry that match for the Universal title. I've seen at least at least two sharks in my lifetime who have pulled off false finishes. So I know that sharks know how to work. I've been to aquariums all around the country. I know for a fact. Braun coming out in a Speedo. No, 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 Speedo. And he would. That's why I'm saying it. This is the same asshole that was walking around town in an elf costume. He'll put anything on. He'll put anything on. 
he'll have his little PP on display for everyone to see. And I think for the for the purpose of the match, the Speedo will work against him. Because if he's got his little sardine floating around down there, that's going to entice the shark. Oh, just thought about that. Maybe that is smart. He entices the shark. Shark bites him on the dick. The shark will get disqualified. Braun retains the championship. Claiborne is smart. He's thinking ahead. And I just did my little big trouble in Little China eyeball thing. I got to stop doing that on camera. But, yeah. The Shark's going to be the better worker anyway. So if Bruin can get him to, 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 to get over emotional and bite on him, he doesn't know how to act. Bruin or the Shark? Because I bet you the Shark's going to know he's going he's gonna to get the Iggy. You know, when they, when they, when they raise that, 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 that pen or that marker up, hey, then the Shark's going to know it's time to go home. That's what I want. I want the whole shebang. I want a sandcastle contest. I want, I want somebody grilling not near the ring. Just somewhere close by where you can get a shot in between matches and some dude named Mike in the corner grilling hot dogs and burgers. I want the whole shebang. I want everything. I want a, I want a beverage cart serving nobody because there's nobody except for those people that have beaten on the, on the glass. That's it. Braun, I saw that swamp fight. I did not see that swamp fight for the exact reason that you're bringing up. <laughs> there's nothing about it that would be at all enticing for me to watch so i didn't watch it at, at all i don't want the demon either i don't I, you know what not for nothing we're going we're going crazy right we're doing cinematic bullshit we're just this is all entertainment at this point we've completely let go of sport cool okay so new rule for SummerSlam, i don't want any wrestling gear i don't want any wrestling gear no 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 you gotta be, it's got i want you in either full and i don't want spring or fall wear you either wear straight summer clothes or straight winter clothes. That's it. Those are your options. So you either come out in an appropriate length bathing suit or you got to wear snow pants with the Tims, the whole shebang. I want you in the hoodie with the string tied all the way up, locking up and doing your thing. That's what I want. If you're going to make my wrestling ridiculous, make all of it ridiculous, goddammit. That's the way that this is going to go. I want SummerSlam at the goddamn beach. Make it happen. It's August 1st today. You have about 26 days to figure that shit out. Spend the money. Buy the island. Get a beach. Anywhere. There's beaches all over the place you can privatize. That's all you need to do. All the championships are on the line. And you can do like one of those deals like when you have swinger parties. Right? Let's, let's just do this. Let's get crazy. Like you know those swinger parties when people come in the door and they put keys in the bowl. And they go and they peruse around and yada, yada, yada. And then you pull out somebody's keys and that's who you go home with. Blah, 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 blah. That's what we do. At the start of SummerSlam, we have the whole roster in the ring, right? A la WCW. We have some dude walking around with a box. All the champions put all their belts in a box. And then the dude, we'll call him Trevor. Trevor's got the box. Trevor disappears with the fucking box. Now... All the matches take place, and whatever championship matches it was, when you win, you go to the back, and you put your hand in the box, and you pull out a belt, and that's the belt you have now. I think it's fair. Let's get crazy. If you walked in the Intercontinental Champion, you could walk out the WWE Champion. You don't know. Also, if you walked in Raw Women's Champion, you could walk out Universal Champion. Belts don't mean shit anymore, right? We just had a female world champion on Impact. It's possible. It's 2020, guys. Let's get on board. Fuck it. Those belts don't mean shit no way, right? They're just different colors for fucking effect. 
Let's put all the shits in the box. Let's just do some random shit. That's it. I think it'll be fun for everybody. Think about it. You know how crazy it would be? You know how upset the internet would be if Sasha was to retain the Raw Women's Championship and then dig her hand in the box and pull out the Intercontinental title? Do you know how social media would handle that shit? They'd go fucking crazy. They'd go nuts. But it doesn't mean shit, right? So, yeah, that's why I'm all for it. SummerSlam at the beach, baby. Let's do it. Baywatch theme. I'm with it. We can get so we can get a couple people in. Come on, there's a couple of guys out there. I'm sure the ladies would love to see do the slow the slow run. You know, do it both ways, guys, gals, whatever you're into. Let's fucking do it. I'm with it. Let's do SummerSlam at the goddamn beach. I'm with it. Let's get rid of that there. Okay. One last topic we're gonna talk about here, and then we'll do some things at the end. And I got to talk about this. This is very important. I know I just did a lot of funny shit. Or at least it was funny to me. I got to get a little serious. <laughs> toward the end. Right here. Because. Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> let's talk about these Booker T comments for just a second. Just for a minute. And I don't mean to switch left on you so fast. But this is something that we should talk about. I'm going to read it. Not the whole thing. We ain't got all goddamn day for this. I just lost a bunch of time on this because of my little fiasco. <clears throat> Hall of Famer Booker T saw the hashtag Naomi deserves better, I believe, was the hashtag after losing to Lacey Evans. On, uh, on the program. So we, I have the direct quote. <laughs> the direct quote. Right here in front of me. And I'm going to read this real quick. Because it needs this. I need to be clear about what I'm going to say. Okay. This is Booker T's comments. Naomi deserves a chance. That was. How he read the hashtag. They can go to hell with all those has- hashtags. I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm not going to break it down sentence by sentence, but keep that one in mind. Don't nobody deserve a chance. Wonderful sentence. You have to earn a chance and your spot on the roster. This is not some kind of movement just to pull somebody up just because. I hate to say this because I like Naomi, but as far as the business goes, you get it on your merit alone. There is no buddy system. Well, such and such has a buddy and that's why they're doing it. That might be true, which is a contradiction. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But life is not fair. Sometimes you have to make your own breaks and rise to the occasion when no one else thought you could. It may not happen overnight. No one expected me to become a six-time champ, but my persistence of going out there and performing better than all of those suckers in the locker room, and they knew it. And the fans saw something different. That's why I said, that's why I say, hashtag Naomi deserves better. I don't think it serves her any purpose. People advocating for her in that way. The way that needs to be put out there is her advocating for herself and put it and performing at a high level. When you do that, you cannot be denied. No one will ever say you were given anything. If it happened tomorrow, someone blessed Naomi with the world championship. Trust me, it would not feel like she did it on her own. I never would have wanted the world title if it was given to me that way. Naomi is perhaps more athletic than every female in that locker room, but psychology and working are two different things. 
I had my hands on her for one month, Naomi would look at this business a totally different way. Now, there have been some comments back and forth. Obviously, she responded back. She played that, uh, that uh, Jim Carrey tape gif. But will do, Booker. And they're going back and forth. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's pointless to read through all that shit. But uh, I heard Booker T wants to get back in the ring. We'll worry about that in a second. Hey, Pombo. Claiborne said his point, his point only makes sense if it was Naomi herself who started the hashtag. He's basically telling the fans to fuck off for being behind her. Right. Okay. I understand what he's trying to say. But he's saying it horribly bad. <laughs> Which is why I understood why Naomi took it so terribly. Because... And why the internet exploded the way that it did because of the support deal and yada, yada, yada. I get it. I understand. I, I get what he's trying to say. He just said it really, really bad. First of all, he loses. I think he, lose, I think he lost me in the first sentence. When Let me go back up because I want to make sure I'm saying things correctly here. Uh, they can go to hell with the hashtag. I'm tired of hearing about them. That was where he lost me right there. They can go to hell with all these hashtags. I'm tired of hearing about them. The only reason Booker T would hear about the hashtags is because of its importance. If they're not important, he wouldn't hear about them. So, again, a contradiction. Don't nobody deserve a chance. Debatable. You have to earn a chance and earn your spot on the roster. This is not some kind of movement just to pull somebody up just because. Okay. That is the immediate point in which he loses all credibility in what he's trying to say because literally... One of the most important moments in WWE history that just took place about five or six years ago, and I take you back to WrestleMania 30, was literally started by a fucking movement. The WWE had no intentions of moving Daniel Bryan into the main event position. They had no intentions of putting him in the main event of WrestleMania. He was wrestling Sheamus on that show. It was the movement that got him past that. It was the movement that got Punk. It was the movement that... This, a lot of the guys who have been over in the last few years, let alone, you know, forever. But more importantly, as far as hashtags go and social media presence go, that is a new aspect to the world of professional wrestling. One that I think he doesn't quite understand yet. And, and I think that's what he's showing here, is that he doesn't quite understand the power that the social media influence has that's why so many people are so vocal online. Because if you get just enough people to be vocal on the one topic, it actually can do a little bit of damage. And I don't mean damage in the sense of ruin something, but damage in the sense of progress. That glass ceiling could take a little bit more damage. I get what he's trying to say. He's an old school guy. I understand that. Because the people who are going against Booker T are using the argument of, well... She's already accomplished so much. So what else does she have to do to prove to you that she's worthy of blah, 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 blah. I understand where Booker's coming from when he says that things shouldn't be just handed out, right? She officially has been with the WWE about 11 years. In FCW in the developmental tournament, I mean, uh, the developmental territory that they had uh, in Florida Championship, she was a Divas champion, and she won a tournament that took place there. But that's one championship reign, one tournament. That's 
you know, she put in the hard work, she got rewarded. Uh, and I have her career in front of me, and it's on one screen, which is my point. Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked her number seven as one of the top 50 females wrestlers, and that was back in 2015. Uh, she's a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. We went over that earlier. The first reign was only nine days because of an injury, and I think she spent 180 days on the next reign. Uh, that was when she made the belt glow and all that crap. And she's the inaugural WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal winner. So she's got two championships and a Battle Royal win in a span of 11 years. That's pretty much it. That's what she's got. And so for everybody who's like, well, she's been working her ass off for all these years. She's doing all that stuff. Now I know, I understand where Brookie T is coming from. Because as good as you are in this industry, you need to be that good every day. If you won a championship, if you won a tournament, if you won a battle royal, if you won a, a prestigious whatever, that's the reward. You don't become champion and then you're supposed to be rewarded for that. The belt is the reward. You worked this hard. You made these shows. You had this quality of matches. You put over this many people. Here's your run. Here's your push. And they did it. They, they let her win the championship in her hometown on the biggest show of the year at WrestleMania. There you go. Congratulations. So what Booker T is saying or attempting to say is, yes, you've achieved. Do you want to achieve more than everything you did before? Do it again and again and again and again. As you, pro as you move forward in your career, you don't do less work. You do more work. That's where this success comes from long term. If you take Naomi's career as it is, you can say she's had a successful career. She's had a good run in WWE. Could she have had a better run? Could she have done more? But obviously, had she been given the opportunity to do that, she probably would have done more. But the fact that we can sit here and debate her skill level, because that's what people usually tend to do in this situation, well, she's not even really that good, which... That's the department that I stand in. I don't, I don't really think she's that good of a performer. I, I agree with the athletic. Everyone always says that about Naomi. You ever realize that? No one says, oh, Naomi is such a great wrestler. No one ever said, Naomi is this wonderful performer. They always say the same shit. What an athlete. She's a great athlete. And she is. Physically speaking, she's one of the best athletes they probably have ever had, male or female. She's in. She she's a fantastic. She can do things in the ring that are fantastic. The problem is, is she can't do them well, and she can't do them consistently enough. Remember what we talked about earlier, boys and girls. Trust. There is a reason that the horsewomen have pretty much dominated the scene for the last five years. Trust. They do it well. They do it concise. Every fucking night. They may have their bad nights here and there. Everyone has them. They're not perfect. But they're definitely better than 50-50. And Naomi at best is 50-50. Some of her performances have been really, really good. And I've seen them live. I've seen Naomi perform really well live. And I've seen Naomi perform really, really bad live. It's a flip of a coin. 
Claiborne, there is no middle tier with the women's division. That's the problem. It's either you're the champ, the contender, or a jobber. A two-time champion shouldn't be struggling at the bottom. Fair. She shouldn't be struggling at the bottom. But you're making a... a, a just because she's a former two-time champion, that should be enough to at least bring you higher up in the middle. I'll, I'll meet you there. I'll, I'll agree to that. But two-time champion does not mean that you are designated to win three, four, and five. Two-time champion could very well be her ceiling, and that's it. And unfortunately, unfortunately for her, she wasn't born with a penis. So that means she performs in a division that you're very right, does not have a middle tier. If they had more exposure for the females, she would... If they had a women's show, right? They had a women's show where they had the main champion, they had the tag title that they have now, and they had like that middle tier belt like you're referring to, the mid-card level belt, like a television championship or a North American championship or whatever. She would be absolutely fucking perfect for that middle tier belt. You can open... First of all, her her entrance is fucking off the hook. I love her entrance live. You can open shows with her. You can speed up the middle of shows with that. You can surprise a few people. She can blend it in the main event every now and again to give the champion a fresh opponent to face. But just consistently to put her in the main event. That's not her role. That's not the kind of performance she is. The great wrestler grading is overused. You don't have to be a great wrestler to have a great angle. Right. I. You're right about that. But she, in order to have a great angle, you, if you're not going to be a great wrestler, you better be a hell of a performer, and she's not. She's a fantastic athlete, but when she talks, are any of you grabbed by her promos? She just did a promo with The Miz uh, this past Friday. That was the most passionate I had ever seen her, and it didn't move my meter very much. In order for you to have a great angle, you got to have more than just athleticism. you got to be able to tell the story. Got to be able to talk. Got to be able to uh, take the right bumps at the right time in order to forward progress the storyline itself. She doesn't do those things very well. She's creative. She dances. She does amazing moves inside the ring. She's got a great setup, the character with the lights and the glow, and the kids love it, and she's marketable as fuck. She can make money for this company. She's not a top-tier performer. So I get what he's saying about the fact that Hold on, Claiborne said, I don't think she should be at the top. I think she should pair her with someone else and make a tag team. The problem with, with that is even if they did, I mean, the tag team division is kind of in the same place. That to, well, well, now that the tag team champions are also <laughs> the singles champs, it's really evident that they don't have enough underneath to really push either division. Uh, but, yeah, if Naomi, I think Naomi and Asuka for a little bit had a little bit of a run. I would love to see Naomi in a situation where she was, she would, if you're, if you're making the pitch that she should be in a team, make money is the important thing. Yes, I'm, she can make money, but the argument that people are making is that she deserves better. What exactly is better? Are they saying that she should be champion? Is she, are they saying she should be on top? Is she, are they saying she's one of the best females they have? Because she's no, no, and not. In my book, in my opinion, she's fantastic at a lot of things. Not the things that would make you a top superstar. But going back to the tag team thing, I would love to see Naomi with all of her skills. I would love to see Naomi in a tag situation where she was more mentor than the two of them were on the same page. Like when Naomi and Oscar were together. 
Uh, I don't like that because the both of them have value as a single. If you're going to make her a team, I would love to be in a situation where she was kind of helping make someone because by doing that, it kind of helps her, her be made a little bit more as well. You understand what I mean? If she can show the audience that she, she knows what the fuck she's doing, she's confident in her abilities, and this is, this is how we do it here, this is how we succeed, it might show the audience a different layer of her personality, a different layer of what she's capable of, and that might open the door for something else. If you're looking for something for her to do rather than just be fodder for, as you just put, Lacey as a bust, uh, just be fodder for, for Lacey Evans or the likes or for the, or for the ladies they are trying to push, which is where I think people are having the problem. That Naomi's being used as an individual to, to, to bring up lesser talents, so to speak. Naomi and Asuka was, we don't, have, we don't know what else to do. Yeah, that's what it was. That's why I, I didn't like it. I wasn't feeling it. I don't think Kofi is the best, but he had a solid six or seven month run with good feuds with Randy and AJ and Brian. Yeah, no, he did a fantastic job as WWE champion. But he was the type of champion that if he... <laughs> the run was great. I, I don't need to see another Kofi Kingston run for as long as I live. I'm good. It wasn't that kind of reign where I'm like, all right, I enjoyed it. It was good. He had some pretty good matches, told some good stories. I love the Randy story that Kofi did when they brought back the stupid, stupid, stupid. That was cool. But Kofi's kind of in the same boat. Uh, great athlete. I mean, but Kofi could tell stories, though. That's where I like Naomi. I don't know. But again, we're, we're, we're moving too far into the direction of now we're, now we're analyzing her. I want to get back to the comments for a second. We're analyzing Naomi, and I get it. But I, I, I want to go back to uh, to the comments for a second. Actually, Naomi and Bianca, what I think would be a step down for Bianca, but at least it would be something for Bianca to do. That might fit the, uh, the criteria I just said a second ago of wanting her to be with someone that she could kind of mentor along the way. Bianca would actually be perfect. And you could turn Bianca on Naomi and make her a heel on that and get a program out of that. That actually would be cool. But if let's go back to the Booker T comments for just a second because I want to make it clear to people uh, what my stance about my stance on this whole thing because a lot of people will tell you that well what is it his business to be saying shit about it anyway right what is it what the fuck it's not even your situation like what the fuck are you even worried about it's just Naomi's career it's Naomi's life why the fuck did you even feel the need to chime in at all whatsoever which is a big thing it's <laughs> it's the world of the internet and social media everybody chimes in on anything anyway but Booker T chiming in, I think, deserves a few sentences of conversation because it's a Booker fucking T. If there's anybody on the planet who understands the bullshit and the politics of having to be a black guy in the professional wrestling business, it's Booker T. Now, what does he know about being a black woman in the, pro in the professional wrestling business? Probably not a whole lot. But that skin tone is going to make some relative situations. Booker T ate a lot of shit in his career. If you're not familiar with his career, he ate a lot of shit to get to six-time world champion. And this is why I think people lose sight of what Booker, where Booker T's coming from. Because people are looking at Booker T, ah, he's just an old man rambling about old man shit. There's a reason behind his comments, because I, if I could take you back into the way back machine and take you back way back when, when Booker T says no one gave him a chance, that's bullshit. No, 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 that, that is 
without a doubt bullshit. But I want to take you back to before the world titles came because that was when people did give him a shot. And he, but even the people who gave him a shot gave him a shot under really bull t- bullshit pretenses. Like they had to, they had to force the belt on Booker T because there were so many people who just didn't want to go down that path. But that's my point. If you look at like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but ninety, I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight Booker T, television champion, U.S. champion Booker T, when he was just kind of separating from Harlem Heat. Just a little bit, and he was feuding with the guys like Benoit and Raven and DDP, right in that mid car area, right when he was kind of getting his stride as as Booker T, and it was GI Bro, bro, not JI, GI Bro. That Booker T was over as fuck, and he had a lot of support, and he had a lot of people of all ages, of all colors, of all sizes rooting for him. He was over as fuck. If you would have told me somewhere between 98 and 99 that as a, just as an experiment they would have put the belt on him, I think that shit would have been huge. Huge. At the time. Because he was having great matches with a lot of people every fucking night. That television champion uh, championship run where he was defending the TV title every fucking week and just killing it every fucking time. He was over his rover. And they didn't have social media like that. We had America Online shit, chat rooms, whatever, whatever. But you didn't have the instant satisf- uh, satisfaction, 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 instant satisfaction of the likes and the shares and the tweets and the and the all that shit from Facebook. They didn't have that at the time. So you had to gauge the performance based on the audience, and the audience was all about it. But the management team, the people who were in charge of WCW will acknowledge he's good audience loves him that's why we're making him what was he like a 37 time television champion like we keep giving him the belts because he's carrying the shows he's doing great all right so he's gonna go to world title shot <laughs> that's it's not get crazy right i'm not gonna like, put the world title on him that's fucking weird and that that's where i think booker t's really coming from yeah i did thank you satisfaction and gratification satisfaction I'm putting that on a shirt. Satisfaction. That's where the jumble up was. You see, you know why I'm fucking up? I haven't had any of my spiritual juice yet. Mm. Mm. Such warm spiritual juice. He he was over his rover. And nobody listened. Nobody cared. So when Booker T makes this kind of comment, I'm sick of hearing the hashtag. He comes off very Grinch who stole Christmas. You know, whenever someone starts singing a Christmas song, whenever whenever one of the young wrestlers starts talking about social media influence, all of a sudden, ah, humbug, hey, that's bullshit. No one cares about that. Who ate the last who ham? That's what that shit comes down to. He, because in his scenario, when he was over as fuck, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because at the end of the day, it, it if if. If uh, Russo hadn't have fucked over Hogan, if Russo would have wouldn't have had the book in WCW, if it would have been left in the hands of WCW, he would have been GI Bro and the token black guy for forever. He would have never been the world champion. He got the opportunity because he was able to convince at least somebody he was worth the opportunity. When he came to the WWE, when he came to the WWE. If you think about it, it was more of the same bullshit. They didn't give him the classic black guy stuff. 
until he faced for the world title. When he faced Triple H at WrestleMania 19, all of a sudden, he was from the streets. He went to jail for carjacking. And Triple H was burying him because he didn't want to wrestle a guy with a criminal record or whatever bullshit. All of a sudden, he was the most urban guy of all time. That was their way of trying to get Booker over as a babyface. They tried to make him urban. He's from the streets like y'alls. That was the best they could do. So Booker T's been around the game. He knows what the fuck is going on. So when he hears shit like hashtags, it doesn't register with him because in his brain, I was over as fuck. And it didn't work. And it didn't work until one random ass white guy who wanted to stick it to the system decided it was time for it to work. And then when he went to the WWE, it didn't matter how many WCW titles he had won because they were under the impression the only reason he won those titles was because of the guy they don't even like anymore, which was Russo. So they didn't carry that shit over. Yeah, he was world champion when he came in by default. And as soon as they got a big enough star to take that shit off him, he never saw it again. Until, as Claiborne just put, King Bukha arrived on the scene. So the moral of the story is... When he was himself, and he was over as Rover, not good enough to be world champion. When he figured out how to play the game backstage, and figured out how to maneuver through the creative political bullshit, world champion. King Booker was world champion, not Booker T. Because Booker T, in anyone's eyes, not a world champion. King Booker was a WWE creation, and now all of a sudden, like that, he's a world champion. So, yeah, you know what? If you want to call him a bitter old man, you want to call him jaded, yeah, he's a little jaded. He's a little bitter. Because when it was his turn, it never came. It never came, and a year, year went by, year went by, year went by, until finally he got pigeonholed into a spot. And had to earn it all back in the WWE. That's why he comes out with that attitude of, you got to work, you got to work, you got to work. Because he came into WWE as a five-time world champion, and they looked at him like he was just some dude. So Naomi's going to sit there where her two title reigns and feel like, why well, should be on top of the card? Yeah, that's going to rub a Hall of Famer the wrong way. That's going to rub people the wrong way. Now, he, do, he, he doesn't understand... The nuances of how this works today. And he definitely doesn't understand how the voice of the people are more effective now than it was back then. Believe it or not, as loud as we all were in the 90s, they did their own thing. Very rarely did our chants and claps do anything to involve with the show. Nowadays, it kind of does. AEW has made it a point to tell you that it does. So they're going out of their way. Even New Japan, to a degree, will start taking fan uh, questionnaires and stuff like that. WWE, to a degree, sends out questionnaires. They're trying to get more in tune with what today's fans want. People are attempting now. It wasn't that way back then. That's why he feels the way that he feels. In his head... Fuck the fans. You want to get over? You got to get over right here. Impress the people behind the scenes and you'll get over. It's not like that anymore, Booker. You can do both. You can do both. There's no lie in the fact that you have to get over backstage. That's not a lie. But if you get over enough in front of the people, 
something could happen. It doesn't happen for everybody. Ask Zach Wright of that. But it's a very possible thing. It's something that can happen. Absolutely. Says here, uh, Claiborne, uh, he's allowed to be bitter. He paid his dues. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say it's 2020. I'm assuming by now we would have had black men in the wrestling business. But think about this. I want you to understand how strong that glass ceiling was because Booker, Ron Simmons won the first ever uh, world championship as an African-American male here in America. He was, and he won it, I want to say 91, 90, something like that. We didn't get another black champion and it happened in that company again for another nine years. It would be a while before we saw another black world champion again and we just got our first black WWE champion like a year or two ago. So, yeah, they're a little fucking jaded because no matter how over they got, no matter how strong a performance they put on, they were still the black guys. So when he sees Claybo, uh, 91 for Francis, see 91. All right, there you go. So when he sees a black woman sitting there agreeing with the fans, yes, I do deserve more. He's going to take it as a slight because that's not the way that he did it. But that's the way that it gets done now. Ron Simmons beat Lex Luger. Not for the title he did, and he beat Vader for the title. Um, yeah. So, I mean, think about this, too. Naomi is a, is a, is a two-time SmackDown women's champion. With the exception of Sasha, who is also a current member of the roster, how many black women have been pushed in primary positions at all or given championships or primary positions in storylines and angles or just treated like general fucking human beings on camera? There's not a whole lot of them. If Booker T is the most decorated black man of all time, championship-wise, lineage-wise, career-wise, I mean, how many more, as of right now, how many more, how many black women have a better claim to being the most successful black females in wrestling history than Naomi? I think she's already the most successful black female in, w, in not even WWE, in wrestling, no? Are there any other black females that anyone could figure out who's had a better career in pro wrestling as a whole ever? Then Naomi. And I listed off her facts already. She's got two titles, two title reigns, a battle royal win, and uh, what was the other thing that was there? I can't even, that's what I'm saying. I can't even remember. A battle royal win, what was the other thing? That was it. This is some, some Slammy Awards. She had a high ranking at PWI for like one year. Wrestling Observer gave her two awards for worst feud of the year and worst worked match of the year. That's the person everyone is saying should be on top. Jacqueline. See, here's the thing. Jacqueline is the first person I thought of too, but I, I figured Jacqueline in because of her longevity. She did it for a long while. And she is a former WWF women's champion as well. And you can give her a lot of credit, actually, for putting over Sable and starting this whole mess in the first place. We didn't have a women's champion for forever until Jacqueline and Sable. So I'll give her some credit on that. But Naomi's been doing this for 10-plus years. How long was Jackie doing it? 
Because I, if I look up Jack, let me look it up. As a matter of fact, there's no sense in me sitting here wondering about it. I've got the Google machine as well. Let's go ahead and do that. Jacqueline, WWE, Jacqueline Moore. Here we go. 119 pounds. That was the first thing they put up there. She's currently age 56. She's had a lot of... Began her uh, training and independent career in 1988. And it looks like she may have retired... Uh, 2013 from full-time competition. So that's what? Two, twelve, that's 12, 12 and 13. 25 years. Okay. About 25 years. So she's got some, okay. Her longevity. She really wasn't, uh, it's got her here, USWA work, her WWF early work. That was valet stuff. Smoky Mountain work. I know that Cornette put her in a bunch of things there, WCW. She had a TNA run for a little bit. With, uh, I think she was with Beer Money, right? Is that what she was doing there? Don't forget Jazz. No, see, at this at this point, like, Jazz was a, 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 a pretty good performer, but no longevity. I think she had the WWF Women's Championship as well. She had a little bit of a run about a year or two, but she doesn't have the credentials that Naomi has. Jazz was a great performer. And now, but see, that's the thing. Now we're just naming black people at this point. That's how limited the options really, really are. Cheyenne, uh, comparing her to other black girls, hold on, we got to move, who didn't get pushed is bad. But that's my point. No, nobody got pushed. I can't think, I mean, Jazz, he just brought up Jazz. Jazz, I guess, technically got a push or two. She got the women's championship a few times during the start of that era, too. So let me see if I could pull her up. I'm going to get her credentials correct. Uh, I don't want to fuck up on that one hold on a second let's come down here yeah so she began her career it says here that her career began in 99 with ecw they gave her her start she did some training with the wwe let me go down to the bottom here for the credential list here two-time wwf women's champion and then she's got a lot of other tag team titles on the indie scene uh, a couple of individual championships. She's in the Texas Wrestling Hall of Fame, which I think Jacqueline in as well. And listen, Naomi's gonna, <laughs> Naomi's gonna be in some Hall of Fames herself when this is over. But yeah, but see, that's my point. Saying that we sh I shouldn't compare her to other women who weren't pushed. That's the point. There are no other ones that were pushed. Jacqueline stuck around. Jacqueline was there for forever, and she wasn't a horrible talent. If you're going to say she was a valet, that's fine. I know that she was very physical. She had her fair share of matches. They weren't that they weren't that bad, to be honest with you. She fought men at some point. So did Jazz. But that was what we're talking about. It was either they were too good to wrestle the women, so they wrestled dudes. And even in those situations, it wasn't prime position. There aren't really any black women that have really succeeded to the level she's already succeeded at. Now, I'm not saying this out loud for her to go, hey, pack it up, the career's done, you're a Hall of Famer. She's got more years left, and there's more that she wants to do. Great. Kick the door open and go fucking do it. I'm all in support of it. Go do what you need to do. But this whole idea that I'm a two-time champion, that should be enough. She was one of the better workers in the division. Oh, yeah, no. Jacqueline was one of the better workers at the time she was wrestling. Jazz was one of the better workers in the, in the time that she was working. Naomi, to a degree, was one of the better workers as well when she started. Ten years ago, 
that era, 10 years ago, what was that, 2010? Holy bejesus. The Laylas, the, the Michelle McCools, the the, uh, the Marias, the Kelly Kellys. Were Kelly Kelly there in 2010? I don't even know. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, Naomi was, was one, of, one of the better workers at that, at that time, too. She's definitely not one of the better workers now. Workers in the ring, would you put her, where would you rank her top 10 currently? Would she be in your top five? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And I'm talking about WWE in general. So I, I, would, I would go ahead and throw the NXT girls in there as well. I don't know if Naomi's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. I just, I don't know where she would rank in that. In the beginning, yes. Deep research time. Yeah, yeah. Naomi was a freak athlete. And she showed out during those time periods. But today, is she really that exceptional today? Let her win the WWE World Championship. Hey, let, let all bets are off, right, Cheyenne? And the women are winning all the titles now, so whatever. If she's not getting the love that she, she wants from the, uh, from the women's division, then yeah, sure, why not? If you take all four horsewomen in Asuka, if you take... Are you trying to say if if you take them out? If you take out the four horsewomen and Asuka, she's definitely... Oh, if you take... There you go. If you take all four horsewomen and Asuka, she's definitely not top five. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. She's she's definitely not top five. I don't know. I like big whack workers. <laughs> you like big whack workers? Oh, shit. Asuka, she's definitely not top five. <laughs> like... That's the laugh for me for the night. I like big whack workers. I love them. I don't like anybody who knows what the fuck they're doing. The whacker, the better. So, yeah. So, Booker T made some comments, man. He said what he had to say. But you know what? Like like um, Claiborne said, motherfucker has paid crazy amounts of dues. Let that motherfucker say what he wants. I thought Naomi played it perfect. She wasn't a, she wasn't a, a complete bitch about it. Like, she didn't snap on anybody. But she wasn't going to sit there and let this motherfucker just say what he was going to say either. She she threw, she she came out of him in 2020. She, she threw a, a, a gif at him, you know. She threw some memes at him. But at the same time, like, I'm pretty sure they had that conversation backstage. Naomi's, you know, Naomi's not a punk. She's going to tell you, you know, she's going to tell you what she's going to tell you when that's that. You know, AJ, what if Naomi goes to NXT? What you think in your words? I think if Naomi was sent to NXT, the internet would fucking explode even worse. Because regardless of how you and I both feel about NXT, NXT is still seen as the lower brand. It just is. It will seem like a demotion if they did that. Also, not for nothing, <laughs> if Naomi went to NXT, she would be thoroughly exposed. Because the work style in NXT is not the same as it is on the main roster. If you're telling me that Naomi versus Rhea Ripley, Naomi versus Io Shirai, Naomi versus Candice LeRae, uh, uh, Naomi versus uh, Dakota Kai, that all of these, all of these different matchups are going to be good for Naomi, I'd have to see it to believe it. I have a feeling that she's going to be carried through most of those over time. If she did six or if she did six or seven months in NXT and then came back to the main roster, she'd be a fucking beast. Because they throw it through, they throw it to the wolves. She'd have to, she'd have to survive. She'd have to go in there and fight all over again. 
So I bet actually, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that would be cool because she'd come out of that looking pretty sharp. But you see how these NXT workers are when they get to the main roster. They get used and abused, man. Yeah, I saw he was joking when he said uh, the Nia thing. Naomi has to lose more to get more heat. <laughs> Common sense, Shan. That's, yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. If they were, if if she was losing for the, for the uh, sense of getting heat, Naomi has to lose more to get more heat. If she was coming in full heel, which I don't think she was, was she? Did I miss that? Because, again, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I haven't been watching the shows consistently. Has she, is she turning face because of this? Is she currently a heel? Is she currently a face? Not entirely sure at the moment. I haven't been keeping track because I, I just I don't give a shit. <laughs> I can't watch these fucking shows in the empty buildings. I can't. It's annoying and it messes with me. I'm really sad I didn't get a chance to use my polls and my questions. Uh, release things. But uh, those were all the topics that I had for today. Uh, are there any other? I still see that I got quite a few people still here with me. I dropped like 10 minutes of my program because of the stupid thing that happened on my internet. I don't know what happened with that. So if anybody has, she was already a face. Okay, so she was a face. All right. So if she's a face, then I don't know. I don't think she wants to get heat. I'm saying for the fans to get more hotter, have her lose more. Oh, to get, oh, yeah. <laughs> If you really want to fuck that heads up, yeah, just should have lost again to Lacey. This just happened. The fucking place would have erupted. Um, so this is the part here where we're going to go ahead and because I remember I think Saul had a question about Zack Ryder. So anybody with any comments, questions, anything you want to discuss on the show before I head out of here? Um, Saul, uh, Saul, tell me again uh, the question you had about Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, AEW. You said. You said something earlier. I don't remember what it was, and I was like, "Hold it for later." So this is this is the later thoughts about Matt Cardona on AEW. <sighs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> I know that was a lot just to say that, but I don't. I don't fucking care. Here, here's the thing. He he's creative. I'll give him that. He worked really hard in the beginning of his WWE career to try to get over. And when he finally did, they squashed the whole thing and it killed him. You can see the defeat on his face. Every night you could see it. The only time he was happy is for whatever reason, Zack Ryder's big night was always WrestleMania. He won the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Uh, they won the tag titles at the uh, WrestleMania that I went to at 35. He's had big nights at WrestleMania, but other than that, he always seemed like he was broken and beaten, and that kind of PTSD doesn't go away very easily. You know what I mean? He he was beaten down pretty good, and I don't know if going to AEW was going to be the best thing for him because, yes, it's a familiar surrounding. He's, there's a lot of people there who he knows and he's familiar with. Yeah, he looked good, looked jacked. He looked like he was in shape. He looked motivated there. But on a creative level, you're asking a guy to start over again. And while this time, yes, he's in a scenario in a situation where they won't destroy him like WWE did, I always feel like the damage is done on stuff like that. When you crush a guy creatively, it's hard to pull 
It's hard to pull them back. It's hard to pull them back. It's hard to get him juiced again and moving again, and they need to put him against Sean Spears. Sean Spears is the cautionary tale that I'm worried about for Zack Ryder. Because for years, so many guys in WWE, they're being misused. They're so talented. They're so good. Take the shackles off. Let them be themselves. And now they're in AEW, and they're not doing so good. So now it's starting to look, oh, I guess WWE might have had it right on at least a few of these guys. And I'm not saying that's the case for Matt. I don't know. We're going to see. AEW was the one show that I do watch. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's an empty building because their programming is formatted for the empty building. I know it's an empty building. They acknowledge it's an empty building. They have people on the outside playing it off better than they are in the WWE. I find it more enjoyable to watch. So we'll see. Cardona is Cody's best friend. He'll be fine. I don't. Best friend doesn't mean that you or me or any of the people who are watching this show is going to like it. If you mean best friend as in the fact that he feels comfortable being at work and his position will be safe no matter what, sure. But we are going to be the ones who decide if he gets over or not. That's what has me worried. If he does great, his position is safe. If he doesn't, then the only reason he's there is because of his friendship. And that's going to cause problems. I promise you that it will. It will. It has to. And I don't mean problems in the sense of it'll cause friction between the two of them. I don't think Cardona's going to want to stay. I don't think Matt's going to want to do it. From what I understand, he's on a short-term deal. So if this thing does not pan out, it doesn't work out. Who's to say that he sticks around? Plus, the idea of him sticking anywhere for a long period of time doesn't make any sense. Because he was just locked in for, what, almost two decades at one company? Why lock yourself? Travel around. You've got money. You've got time. Shop yourself around. Go to other places. He can work. Try some other stuff. I don't want to skip by something that I just saw in here. I just saw somebody say something about Santana. Let me go back up for a second. I'm starting the hashtag. You do Let Santana talk again. <laughs> Let Santana talk again. Okay. It was so funny because I actually thought Santana did a really good promo. I told him it was a good promo. I loved his promo. Um, I also told him, <laughs> I wish you were a baby face because then the promo would have made sense. <laughs> He's a heel. And I felt sympathy toward him. Now, here's the deal. Cheyenne and I know him personally. So I, f I was already feeling sympathetic for him because he had lost his father, which was a real thing. Uh, so I was already feeling a a sympathetic because I know him and I know how close he was to his dad. I know how emotional he gets when he loses close family members. I, I was not there for him when he lost his dad. He was on the road. Uh, but I was with him when he lost his grandfather. And I remember how that went. So if it was anything as nearly as close as it was to his grandfather, which I'm assuming it was worse, it was, he, he really felt it. But I know he went through a pretty hard time. And when, and I know, again, I know Santana personally. When Santana is at his lowest, it's usually when he's at his best. And that promo came right around the time where he was, I'm sure, feeling very low because of the loss of his father. And you could tell in his eyes and you can tell in his vibe and you can tell in his delivery. Everything that he said in that fucking promo was 100% genuine. And even though he was, tr he was kind of mixing, mixing some real with some work, 
but the promo just you couldn't tell which was which. It was such a great promo. The fact that you just said let Santana talk again as a hashtag is great. Um has Santana in the right situation is a superstar. I feel the same way about Ortiz. I've told the story on this show. I've told the story on their episode. I was there when they became a tag team. I was in the fucking room when they became a tag team. And I remember how much everyone in that room hated the fact that they wanted to be a tag team so goddamn bad. We were actively trying to not let them be a tag team for forever. They forced the issue. They pushed it. It turns out they were smarter than all of us because they ended up making it work. And now they're world-renowned professional wrestling superstars. But having said that, they're not going to be a team forever. So if that was just a taste of what's to come from the world of Santana, I look forward to it. Uh, I, I'm, I was a fan of them before they were a team. I'm a fan of them as a team. I'll be a fan of theirs when it's over. And Saul just said, Santana as a face, I don't see it, but it could work. I could see it, but I'm biased because I've already seen it. I've seen Santana work as a babyface before. Um, he was a babyface singles when his career started. He was a babyface as a tag when Ortiz and him started. They didn't work heel until later in their career. Um, I want to say Impact because as EYFBL, they, were, they worked heel a few times. But as LAX is when they really found their groove as heels, and thanks to Conan, they were able to grab that and become oh, shit. Santana, the new Savio Vega. Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna address that in one second. But uh, they he was a babyface way longer in his career than he was a heel, and I think now at this stage of his experience, he'll be a way better babyface than he ever was. So. You may not be able to see it because he's doing such a great job as a heel, but uh, he he could be an amazing babyface. The way that he sells, the way that he works, uh, his fire up, his comebacks, I'm I'm telling you, he'd be an amazing babyface. Not as amazing a babyface as Ortiz, because <laughs> that was always the deal between the two of them. Santana was always the serious one. Ortiz was always the comedian. Um, you're starting to see it now, a lot more on AEW Dynamite, but. Uh, they're going to be great. They're going to be fine. And yes, Cheyenne, we are biased. And yes, I also don't care. I'm open about it. I tell people that I'm biased. When I explain things or talk about them in general on this show, I always tell people that I'm biased. I I know them, you know, and I grew up with them in this business. I've seen them from the very beginning to now. And, and so I've taken the ride. So I have a little bit more information when I talk about them than, say, like somebody else that I don't know, that I'm just seeing third party. I know their story. And the, the Savio Vega comment. Okay, real quick. I'm not going to get too into it because it's kind of personal. Santana and Savio Vega know each other. They don't like each other. So the comparison's not going to fly. <laughs> they, they know each other. They've met. They've worked with each other. They do not like each other. Uh, if we pitched a Caribbean strap match to him, he might smack the shit out of somebody. So it's kind of like that type of relationship so yeah we're we're not gonna we're not gonna make that comparison here on the show there's a little bit of heat there so i'm not gonna <laughs> no sir we're not gonna do that no 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 uh so anyway thanks guys for everything uh so many people were here today um i'm winding down here toward the end as far as the numbers go so i guess this is as good a time 
to take the Iggy and uh, and go off into the sunset here. This was episode 150, guys. 150. I've done 150 fucking episodes of this show. That's crazy to me. I will never, <laughs> I will never understand how it got this far. And my wife was telling me, she goes, well, what are you going to do for 200? I was like, Jesus Christ. I, am I getting to 200? That's 50 episodes from now, man. That's like a fucking year from now. I have my three-year anniversary on uh, October, October 11th. Although I don't know what that's going to land on. Let me see. Let me pull that up now in front of me so I can have an exact. I don't want to talk up my ass here. Uh, October 10th. Uh, my actual anniversary, I believe, is October 11th. But this year, the 11th lands on a Sunday. And my show will be released on the 10th. I may save it for the 11th just to keep it on the anniversary date. But yeah, that's going to be my three-year anniversary. So that's the next big anniversarial show that I'll have. And then uh, 200 a year from now. We'll see how that works itself out. This show is getting bigger and bigger, and I don't know how or why. <laughs> uh, when I started this, when I, I will, I'm going to tell you this right now. I will never, well, let me not say never. I don't know. I didn't think I'd get to 150. 1,000 seems like impossible for me. When I started this show, I was getting downloads in different countries, and I thought that was weird. I thought, you know, spam shit, right? Shit happens. People click on shit. Shit happens. Uh, so when I got my first few countries, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I was bragging about it hard. Yeah, da, da, da. I stopped bragging about it because they kept happening, so I didn't see my special. When I kept, it sounded like I was bragging about shit, so I just stopped, and I was like, all right. Because I started realizing I was getting regular listeners because they went from one download to two download. So now it's in the hundreds, so I know someone's listening to me regularly. At least one person's listening regularly. Hundreds of downloads means more than one, I'm sure, but just to play it safe, at least one regular listener in these different countries. And now we were checking it up yesterday. This podcast has been downloaded in over 40 different countries. It's been translated through different um, apps for language purposes in several different countries. So many different outlets. I was getting outlet feedback from uh, sites that I didn't even put the show on. They were just subsets from iTunes and Google Play and, and Spotify and iHeart. They're subsets, so I'm getting played on different web, on platforms I didn't even know. And people are listening to it. The one that bugged me out was someone, I had a stat, I think it said like 3% of my show was listened to through Alexa. Which fucked my head up. Because that means somebody said, Alexa, play Orsini's Uncensored Mind. And that shit made me bug out. Who the fuck told Alexa to play my show? That's hilarious. But it's also humbling. I can't thank you guys enough for being as supportive as you have. The shirt uh, being sold, the, the, the sponsors that I've gotten throughout the 150 episodes, and there's more on the way. Um, just the downloads, the shares, just everything. I'm so appreciative of it. I'm so, I'm so humbled by all of it, to be honest with you, because... I really didn't think that all of this stuff would really happen, to be honest with you. And to have as many people, like, for instance, tonight. I think tonight I had more people on tonight than I've ever had in all the lives that I've done. And maybe it's also because I haven't been live in a while. So uh, maybe that's what figured into it. But I'm extremely appreciative to you guys. 
Uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. Swall, um, I actually have, uh, I haven't been to the post office for health reasons. Um, but we're heading there. When the fuck is about another week or so I'm heading to the post office because I have to return a cell phone. My cell phone broke and I have to return it. So I have to bite the bullet and finally go. I've been very cautious about where I go because I have, I have pre-existing health issues. So I'm trying to stay away from certain areas and stuff. But I got to bite the bullet on this one and I got to go. So when I do go, I will send your thingy in the, in the mail and I will send them to you. And I want to take the time to thank you so, for being such a big supporter of the show and all you guys for listening. So in the classic way of ending the show, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And of course, thank you for enjoying this is episode 150. 151 is next week. 100 episodes, now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.